Cult Collectibles is the number one site for historical items from the People's Temple, Heaven's Gate, Om Shinrikyo, and many other cults that you never even knew existed. Hundreds of hours of work have gone into curating our collection of unique and one-of-a-kind items from the dark history of these groups. We also have a large selection of true crime memorabilia from such notorious cases as Edmund Kemper, Jeffrey Dahmer, Charles Manson, and many more. We add new items to the site every week and post sales and auctions on our Instagram at Cult Collectibles. So visit us on the web at cultcollectibles.org today. This is Fred Vogel from Toe Tag, and you're listening to Sick on Cinema. Hello, everybody, <laughs> and welcome to Sick on Cinema. I'm one half of your... I actually didn't think one this week. Um, I'm one half of your I am in a world of shit, and I'm not afraid. John? I'm your other half, Matt. I'm your other half, Matt. My God, I can't talk. I didn't even think of one of those things this week. <laughs> Our no, little, John. like, tag-ons. It's the first time in a while I kind of did it on the fly. <laughs> um... We are in a world of shit, John. We are in a world of shit. This is a late episode. It's a late episode, and uh, we'll get into it probably later, but... Literally a world of shit. Yeah, okay, I see what you yeah. did. I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you a did. A literal world of shit. I see what you're throwing down, and I'm picking back up. All right. So this is probably going to be one of the worst episodes we've ever done. <laughs> Not all that. <laughs> I mean, this is old school, man. It's It's late. This is old school yeah. cinema. This is us tired as fuck. Tired as hell. I fell asleep three times today. I just got home from work, and it was a horrible night. We had three coolers go down. <laughs> I had to transfer all the food from those that fit them into one cooler. Oh, God. And that was not fun. No. So, yeah, that was that was a bunch of bullshit. And essentially uh, got work thrown me in the last minute. But mm-hmm. Well, not thrown. I mean, I can't say that. But Here, do it, you bitch. Well, it was kind of just like, oh, yeah, we got I got work today. It's like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. So, had to hurry and do that. Yeah, so, this is going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking exhausted. War is fucking hell. <laughs> this has been a rough prep, by the a way. terrible prep. I don't yeah. know why this has been so bad, but it really has. Like, from the subject matter of these movies to just <laughs> just how the week has been. Just getting it done for me has been, like, impossible. I don't know yeah. what the hell... Like, nothing's been too out of the ordinary, but it just seems like anytime I try to get one of the movies in, something happened. Yeah. That didn't help the movies are, like, two hours apiece. That's another thing, too. They were all long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, let's go ahead and get this party started. There's some kind of weird kid's toy going off, and it's creeping me the hell out. So, I think it's Memo's phone. 
It's still creeping me the hell out. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. So anyways, questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail.com, or you can wait to the week of the episode. We are a bi-weekly podcast. Yes. And we will post a lovely little image made by our co-host over here, Matt. Thank you. That says we are taking questions, and you can ask away in the comment section below. I've been making, I've been meaning to make a new one for the new aesthetic, but I'm, I am in a world of shit. <laughs> you are lazy. <laughs> I am depressed. <laughs> Anyways, depression. It's got a hold of me. Depression. I take medicine for it. Got to break free. Depression. <laughs> it's gonna kill me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not, probably not. But, Black uh, flag. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, it's probably not gonna kill me. But. I just ball up all my depression. I put it over here. Just stuff it down. And stuff it in my kidneys. And one day I'll have a pancreatic <laughs> cancer attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. So, anyways, first question of the day is Adrian, I believe, from Wells. Yes. He says, "Hi guys, loving the shows." How do you choose what to review each episode, and how do you prep? All right, all right, Adrian, are you ready to hear the laziest shit you've ever heard in your life? <laughs> it's literally like, okay, this director did these movies. Yeah. Or these movies seem like they could go well together. A lot of times what we do is we pick a movie we know we want to cover. Yeah. So, like, for instance, Solo, like yeah. we're doing on this episode, right? So we picked out Solo. We know we want to do Solo. Then we're like, what themes or what ideas or what um, is it about yeah. And can we match other movies to it? Oh. So, like for this, it's like, oh well, it's you know, it's not about war, but it's about the atrocities of brought on war. by a war. You know, if we were an actual good podcast, <laughs> this would have been paired with like Men Behind the Sun, and uh, true. Uh, I'm trying to think of another, another movie like that. My brain's not working about the horrors of war, but some like war crimes, some Holocaust film. Yeah, hell, boy, the striped pajamas, something like that. Yeah. But I guess that's kind of a kids movie, you know. Or you way, also but. can find films about fascism or something like yeah. that, you know. Yes. But this one, I thought this one worked out because like oh, you yeah. have like, you have a movie about what it's life's like post war, yeah, and you have a movie during war, and you have a movie about crimes of war, yeah, you know. So it's like, you know, they all have different like viewpoints of they all subject matter, yeah. Or like you said, we'll pick an actor or a director yeah. and go with it. Sometimes it works out where the actor and the director work together. Yeah. <laughs> like the untold story. We picked it and we're like, oh, well, you know, Anthony Wong did Ebola Syndrome Attack Taxi Hunter. Yeah. Then we found out, oh, shit, Herman Yao did all three of these. Perfect. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> it works. We could, we could have just called it the Herman Yao episode. But, but Anthony Wong's the guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's the star. He's, he's fucking amazing. I know we've talked about him a million times, but. Which me, me and you need to work on pointing out the episodes coming up because we're yeah. starting to run thin. We're starting to get thin. We need to think up some new episodes, too, for yeah. sure. Um, that, and, you know, we'll make, what we do is we make a big old. It's not really a list, it's more like a grid. Yeah, it's a grid. Uh, and we just, you know, when we're setting. We usually do about 10 episodes, prep at a time. Yeah. You know, laying them out in a schedule. Which, the first uh, run-through, we did, like, 20, though. Yeah, and we just each pick one, like, oh, I want to do this. And then, yeah. Okay, your turn, you pick one. Yeah, like, literally, we'd be going back and forth, like, okay, this one, I choose this one, you choose that one, I choose this one. Yeah, basically. And eventually, it just... It we, works, you yeah, know. Then we it's, watch them and do them. There's never been a time where, like, we picked a, a movies out, and it's like, no, I don't want to do that, or no, that don't work, I want to put this with this, you know. It's usually pretty mellow. Yeah, it's usually, it's pr- pretty much just, like... Yeah, that works. Sometimes it'll be like, well, actually, I think this might work a little better. Well, there was an episode that we were planning on doing that did get canceled. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, which, which was supposed to be this episode. Yeah, but we had to skip over it for the time being. Yeah, which, again, we we did cover one of the guys' movies already, but it was yeah. supposed to be Lucifer Valentine. Yeah, and we, decided, return, but... we decided while all the stuff is still fresh that we probably should step away and let yeah. that play out first. You let that play out and be, res- be respectful. Be respectful, yeah. And as far as prepping goes, it's, it's you know, like, I've been listening to, uh, to 22 Shots and Moods of Horror, mm-hmm. You know, they talk about watching a movie multiple times. Yeah. For their prep, and for me, it's just I watch the movie and maybe take notes. Sometimes I don't even take notes. Sometimes I don't even take notes. Sometimes I just want to immerse myself as much as I can into the movie. Well, I, I do both. Like I, I don't rewatch the movies over and over because mm-hmm. if I had to watch Solo three times, I'd be in bed like with a gunshot. <laughs> but <laughs> dude, we'll talk yeah, about that. <laughs> I forgot how fucked up that movie was, but um. But yeah, uh, essentially, it's watch the movies. I immerse myself. Your stinky little nugget feet in front of me. <laughs> nugget feet. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Sorry. Go ahead. Taking these socks off. I don't, don't want to wear them. All right. Damn. It's my room anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> now I'm off track. Prep. But yeah, essentially, I immerse myself in the movie as I take notes. Yeah. So, I, I do a little bit of both. Yeah, and I actually like. I don't like. It's not that I'm putting off watching the movies necessarily. I don't want to make it sound like that, but I do like to wait a little bit towards the closer to the episode because then they're as fresh in my mind as they can be. Yeah, where normally, like except for this week, this week was hell trying to get these in. War, (laughs) war. But uh, I essentially like usually I'll like okay Monday I'll watch one, Wednesday I'll watch one, and then like Thursday I'll watch the other one. Yeah. Or, or like well, one Monday, Tuesday, whatever. Mm-hmm. But again, this week it was a little different. Yeah, this week it was like lit yesterday. It's like oh, I still got a movie to get in. Yeah, but I had to work. Yeah, that's why we pushed it back. Yeah, which we're gonna try not to do that as much as we used to back in the day. But <laughs> but again, it's not, again, it's not like we're putting off like the to another the week. No, 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 no. It was just like well, a couple hours. As soon as we finish recording, I'm editing it and it's going straight online. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, episode prep is. It's it's pretty easy. It's very easy, yeah. But like watching the movies is probably <laughs> the hardest part. Sometimes it can be. That's the thing that sucks. Because <laughs> it's just sometimes the length is the problem. Like, yeah, I can't wait till we have to cover like something like Floss a fucking off <laughs> That's four fucking suck. hours or something like that. I'll have to break that in two settings. I think. Yeah, probably. <laughs> we'll so, just pick a day. So thank you, Adrian, for the question. Thank you. Next up is Mikey Brushaber. Are there any mainstream horror movies that have the feel of an underground cult classic, in your opinion? Hmm. Uh, like like mo- like modern movies? Yeah, modern. Oh, uh, okay. Well, what we're classifying as modern, then? I don't know. Not 20, 30 years old, something like that. Okay, so August Underground's out then, right? Well, that's yeah. also not mainstream. Oh, mainstream. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm tired. I'm sorry. <laughs> Again, I, as I said, I have fell asleep. I remember when I went and seen August Underground in the theaters. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> Fine ass motherfucker. Um, uh, honestly, like it follows is one that I think is pretty much like a. a it could be a cult classic. Yeah. Um, for me, it's like, and I know Spooky is gonna like take his headphones out and just throw them on the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Rob Zombie's work <laughs> immediately. Bam. <laughs> House Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, and Lords of Salem in particular. Yeah. Especially Lords of Salem. 
Yeah, I think I'm I think Lord of Salem is just a really good movie. That was him invoking his Ken Russell <laughs> impersonation. Yeah. I, I I love that movie, but um, but also um, Robert Eggers. Yeah, The Lighthouse, The Witch. Oh yeah, definitely The Lighthouse and The Witch. Especially The Lighthouse, like that's a, that's a, like a midnight movie in the making. Oh yeah, it's that movie's gonna be uh, screened to places for, for sure. Years. Yeah, it's a as long as the world doesn't crumble. <laughs> it's a black comedy classic. <laughs> oh yeah, in my opinion. Also, kind of looking around. Uh, honestly, like I think Bronson. Bronson, I could see that. Which for again, sure. it's a little older now. It's a little older, and it's not as quite as mainstream. But I mean, it is. Um, it's uh, Nicholas Winding Refn. Refn, yeah. Who he's working on the Maniac remake or Maniac <laughs> Cop remake? Excuse me. Which that's insanity. <laughs> um, you have the right to remain silent forever. forever. <laughs> I actually um, really love Maniac Cop. Tucker and Dale versus Evil. That's a good. That's a good shout. Too. I don't think it's very mainstream per se. It's pretty popular. Okay. But the thing is, like, I remember. I remember when it came out, <laughs> and uh, it, it didn't get like the most publicity in the it's world. It's grown a following over the years, oh, yeah. though, for sure. I think I think that's definitely one for sure. That's for true. <laughs> but yeah, I think those are some good, some, some good shouts. Yeah, which is others that I oh, can throw sure. out there. But again, I haven't seen this movie, but I know people continue to talk about it. But that's like Killing of a Sacred Deer. Killing of a Sacred Deer. People, people talk about that one a lot. Mm-hmm. In the VHS movies, even. Yeah. Um, Arya Steers films as well. I know oh, like yeah. people hate them now because... A24 gets hate now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like I haven't seen Midsommar yet, but... It's uh, good. It's really good. Yeah. But Hereditary, I fucking love that movie. So mm-hmm. I think it's a... I think that one's definitely a, a future classic for sure. <clears throat> Next up is Joshua Fat Attack. Are there any extreme underground films or films that don't necessarily deserve the title? Hmm. So what are like some extreme films that aren't as extreme as they are made out to be? I got one. We recently just watched it. Okay. Um, and for some reason you see this movie not on like every list, but on a lot of disturbing films lists. Uh, Ricky O, The Story of Ricky. Yeah, the movie's not disturbing. Not at all. It's just really it's just fun and gory. Yeah. Um, it's... But the thing is, that movie's not even like it's necessarily mean spirited. No, it's, it's just, just goofy. It's an anime come to life. Yeah, it's just a kung fu film that just happens to have a lot of gore in it. Um, like honestly, like Begotten to me wasn't as much disturbing. Yeah, as it was just super fucking creepy. Yeah, and surreal and weird. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times, you know, like I do like surreal and weird can be disturbing to certain people. Oh yeah, but it's never been that way for me necessarily. Me either, really. It depends on what it is, I guess. Like, you see, like, Santa Sangre yeah. on a lot of, like, disturbing lists. Yeah. And I've never really thought of Santa Sangre as a disturbing movie, necessarily. It's a mindfuck movie. It is, for sure. And it's very violent. Yeah. And it is fucked up. But it's not necessarily, like, super, super disturbing. Well, like, I remember when you brought up Jacob's Ladder for this episode. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. I remember it being that disturbing. Yeah. And then rewatching it, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's see a mindfuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's disturbing, like... You know, we talked about this with actually with cult collectibles. Yeah. You know, sometimes like disturbing doesn't have to be necessarily like graphic and violent oh, yeah. or you know sexual. It can just be really weird. Yeah. You know, Eraserhead. Eraserhead, for example. Yeah, I do think Eraserhead is disturbing. Even it's like I do see people put like some of John Waters stuff, like multiple maniacs, well, Pink Flamingos. Well, Pink Flamingos, it deserves its cred. Yeah, I guess it's fucked. See, here's the thing: it's like they eat the poo poo. They do eat the poo poo. Dog poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> 
it, here's the thing about like pink flamingos. Okay, it's fucked up, but it's yeah. fucked up always demean disturbing. No, or extreme necessarily. But I guess I pink flamingos pink, is extreme. I would say pink flamingos is extreme, but multiple maniacs and uh, female triple I don't think are nearly on that level. No, multiple maniacs gets it because of like the two scenes where like the the stages of the cross. Yeah, scene and then the the lobster rape. The lobster, <laughs> the lobster rape. Um, I am divine. <laughs> but like female trouble, for example, though, like I don't think it's disturbing. Not though. really. I think it's just super funny. If anything, like it is like again, it is fucked up. Yeah, divine rapes himself or herself. Everyone was. I don't know what he went by <laughs> or I she by. Um, but like, it's it's fucked up mm. and weird. But I would not call it disturbing. Yeah. If anything, it's John Waters like starting to step into like a more palatable yeah. film. <laughs> like then multiple maniacs and yeah. pink flamingos. But like you see like, the thing is you do see movies hop on these lists and you're like, Really? Yeah. But sometimes when you rewatch them you're like, Okay, I can see it. Yeah. That's like even like, you know, some people like some the real hardcore people might disagree, but it's like even like Silence of the Lambs. Silence of Lambs. Like Sons of the Lambs, like as popular as it is, it is kind of wild. And it is so popular, yeah, because it's pretty violent. I mean, it doesn't even show you everything. It's but pretty it's, pretty mean spirited too. It's very mean spirited. That's yeah. where it, it, all that lies. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I've heard people say like stuff like Mystics and Bali's like disturbing. Yeah, or hostile. Well, I've heard hot. Well, I can understand why people say hostile is disturbing. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I mean, there there is like a tons of like mutilation. Of it is, and, and again, it's it's extreme and it's fucked up. But does that mean it's disturbing? I I think it's very subjective. I think when a movie is like ninety percent shitty frat boy comedy, and then ten percent gore, <laughs> <laughs> hot takes from John. But I don't think it's that much of a hot take. But no, I mean, you see lists of like Green Inferno, and I'm yeah. like, get out of here. <laughs> I would rather eat my left leg. <laughs> I thought you were going to say left nut for a second. I'd rather eat my left nut. Against like sweet movie. Sweet movie disturbing? Or is it just gross? Controversial. The, it's very controversial. I think controversial is the best way to describe sweet movie. I mean, there is definitely a scene there where I'm like, am I, am I going to go to jail for legal? this? Yeah, is this legal? FBI, open up! FBI, open up! <laughs> um, but... I don't know. I, I don't. When I was watching, I was like, "There's not really much in here that I think is disturbing." And like, it's funny it too, because like, there's also movies that I think are like, if we're gonna count certain movies, then they should probably like something like Boys in the Hood. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah, <laughs> it's probably more disturbing than say like Ricky O. Yeah. Because it's a way more stark look at a life that we don't know a lot about. As you know, hell, I mean, if it's like documentaries and stuff. Like I see people put a lot of like the true crime documentaries on this. Like, well, hell you might as well add all of them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you're going to add this one, you got to add them all. Yeah. For like, uh, uh, don't fuck with cats. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> cat. Yeah. She might take shit. Don't please. <laughs> not right now. I can't do this. Now. No, no, not now. <laughs> don't do it right now, please. I'm already in a world of shit. Clarice. <laughs> don't make me smell shit. Have to talk about shit and then watch more shit. Oh, see you later. So, anyways, thank you, Joshua Fat Attack, for a good question. Yes. Next up, thank we have you. Salem underscore thirteen forty nine. Unique. <clears throat> yes. They ask, "Will you ever review a Disney's children film?" Hmm. What is your opinion on underground Japanese black metal? Hope you guys had a lovely break. Keep it weird. Cheers. He also gives the metal horns. Oh, so yeah. Throw them up. Throw them up. Um. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh, I know very little about Japanese's black, uh, black metal scene. I know it exists. Yes, I've heard a few songs. Yeah, I liked them. Yeah. I need to dig more into it. Though. <laughs> I do know Japan's starting to build a very thriving metal scene right now. For sure, that's like, for true. Yeah, that's for true. Which I know, like people, like one of the bands that people always talk about is like Deer and Gray. Deer and Gray. Like I know there's like a there's a deathcore band out of really Japan named Deluf or something like that. Deluf. It's like it's literally <laughs> Devil and then O O F. Devil. Oof. <laughs> I it, apparently it translates to like Devil something. I Devil Oof. Yeah, I, I don't remember, but uh, I think they're pretty good. Um, but like black metal stuff, like I've heard of like I don't think Coffins is black metal. I don't know. I haven't really listened to Coffins that much. Yeah. But I know people talk about their black metal scene. I just My knowledge really of Japanese music in general is not as good as it should be. Yeah. I know some like the punk stuff. Yeah. And like some of the noise metal stuff. Yes. You know, like a Melt Banana. Yeah, Melt Banana is awesome. Or Corrupted. Yeah. Uh, is it Maximum the Hormone? Yes. Yeah. They're awesome. Too. Yeah, they're good. Um, they're weird. They're really weird. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, like, and I know, like, the Pillows. Yeah, the Pillows are awesome, too. Which is, like, an alt-rock band, you know. Yeah. So. But I need, I do need to learn more about Japanese. Yeah. Black metal in particular, because I am a black metal fan. Yeah, I I think, honestly, the episode we did on black metal has really made me enjoy the genre even more. Yeah, for sure. Will we ever review a Disney's children film? Um, I would probably. There's a good chance. There's definitely some stuff that you could consider. Hell, I was talking about this with uh, my sister the other day, and she's like, there's one in particular you could do. Yeah. Song of the South. If you can find that. That's a controversial one. <laughs> Honestly, like, I saw, like, the the movie Soul, mm-hmm. right? Which I thought was a very good movie. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was pretty good, too, yeah. Um, Again, yeah, we, 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 don't, we don't just watch fucked up shit, by the way. Just That's saying. true, yeah, we watch a lot of movies. But I did think about it. The movie is kind of Lynchian, in a way. It it's is very, very weird. It's very existential. Yeah, and like it really makes you think. Yeah, which th- th- there's a there's a ton of kids movies out there that kind of push boundaries for sure. And I know we have an idea. We got like a actually like a cartoon episode yeah. coming up, and I'm pretty sure we've talked about doing an episode on like childhood trauma films. Yeah, you know, movies that aren't necessarily disturbing, but when you saw them as a kid, it fucked you. It up. fucks you up. Something like a peanut butter solution. Yeah, like you watch Peter Butter Solution now, it's nothing. It's it's yeah. a goofy kids movie, but there's moments in it that as a kid mm-hmm. would have fucked your world up. <laughs> it's like the scene in uh, Pee Wee. Was it Pee Wee's Head Playhouse? Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Tell a large Mars sent you. <laughs> or like uh, that Mark Twain. Yeah. animated movie. Oh my god, that one's fucking... with the devil. <laughs> I don't know if that's for kids though. That's wild shit, dude. Um. I remember Beetlejuice, the scene where he fucking has the shit shoot out of his yeah. head. Yeah. That scared the shit out of me as a kid. Like, we're probably not going to cover those in particular. No. Um, But, yeah. There's definitely stuff we're going to talk about. Just weird kids' movies. And oh, sure. yeah. Because that's, uh, you know, that's I mean, a part of it. When movies like Watership Down exist. Oh, yeah. Feel a Dad. Yeah, Feel a Dad. Which uh, I listened to Mr. Parker review that. I really want to see that movie. Yeah, it looks wild. Apparently, it's like a Jalo almost, <laughs> with cats. Yes. Yeah, I'm insane. like, this sounds great. <laughs> The first time I heard about it was through uh, Horrible, Reviews. Horrible Reviews. He did a kids movie episode. Dang. Yeah. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. And the stuff he showed, I was like, that's fucking wild. I just thought about it. Like, before we do that episode, I'm definitely going to buy a few of those movies, though. Yeah. Because I don't have uh, Plague Dogs. That's the only one you have to buy, bro. Oh. I have Watership Down. Well, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get Plague Dogs. Sweet. Or I can get it, whatever. 
I don't care. Shout, I think. Shout, put it out. I have a question for you, John. Yeah. On air. Mm-hmm. Do we have to cover Michael Moore stuff one day? I would rather not. <sighs> I mean, it's just documentaries. But they're controversial, though. They're controversial, but, like, I don't know if there's anything about them that's, like, would be, for our show, interesting to talk about. Like, well, now if we were, like, a political science show, sure. Oh, well, yeah. You know? <laughs> but we're not. I own two of them, so. Yeah, I mean, they're worth watching at least once, you know? Yeah. Which, again, they're movies that I have, but I've been very reprehensive about watching. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I don't know what I'm going to think about this by the end of it. It's a very um, non-biased documentaries. Non-biased or very biased? Oh, very biased. Excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> which, that's what I've heard is very biased. Yeah. Which, and the thing is, it's kind of it's, it's kind of it's Tom, really. But yeah, it is. Yeah, for sure. Because there's a lot of documentaries now, especially on the that Netflix. Pu- that, <laughs> that push an agenda. Yeah. For sure. Which again, like I, as long as your agenda is fucking, you know, not harmful. Yeah, sure. But you know, whatever. Anyway, back to the question. Understandable. Understandable. So thank you, Salem thirteen, uh, thirteen forty nine. Yeah, the thank question. you. Next up is uh, the boy, the homie, Spooky Celluloid. What's up? Not really a question this week, but I'll be listening to the old shows during exam season. So thank you for the entertainment and making it all bearable. Oh well. I mean, no problem. Yeah, thank I mean, you. Yeah, thank you for thank you for listening, man. You are one of the, and I don't watch as much horror YouTube as I used to. Yeah, I should. I try to keep up, but it's just iceberg videos right <laughs> yeah, now. It really is. Uh, <laughs> tomorrow's movie say it's like top <laughs> the, the, the disturbing movie iceberg. Oh my like, god! Ah! <laughs> when you talked about it off off air of goofing around about the doing an episode on the iceberg, yeah. But uh, I do watch all of Spooky Sailor's videos, yes. and so should you. I, he's in my rotation with him, Moods, and Mr. Parker. His videos help me get through the Rona. Yeah. His videos, uh, Cinema's Underbelly. Cinema's Underbelly is another one yeah. that's in my rotation as well. But he don't. he's not... He's focusing on the some other uh, projects right, right now. now. Yeah, so. He'll come back to it, but, you know. He busy. Busy, busy. Next up is Gets Chroma. Dawn. Uh... I recently watched Tetsuyo 2, Body Hammer, after years of not liking it. But this time around, I really enjoyed it. Is there any movies you guys rewatched and liked the second time around? Um, Tetsuyo the Iron Man. Tetsuyo the Iron Man. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I first watched it, I fucking hated it. Yeah. And I re- we rewatched it about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is pretty Pretty good, actually. It's pretty damn good. I think I'm that way about a lot of movies, though. Mm-hmm. Like, especially some of the stuff we did earlier. Yeah. Because I didn't really understand a lot of the stuff. Especially, like, a lot of, like, the, like, surrealistic, weird, art house kind of films. Yeah. For sure. Um, what the fuck was that? What? A loud bang. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Welcome to the ghetto. We nobody, li- nobody, nobody smiling. <laughs> We live in a redneck ghetto. Yeah, we live. <laughs> you call it a holler. You call it a holler around here, boss. <laughs> um, um, one that I always thought was really weird because of one of all, it's my, uh, it's my favorite director of all time, Takashi yeah. Miike. Second of all, the movie's fucking amazing. <laughs> it's the original Dead or Alive. Yeah, the first one I watched it, I just must have been in a bad mood. Someone <laughs> must have pissed at my Cheerios or something because I was, I watched it and I was like, ah. I need to rewatch two movies because the day we watched them, I was in a bad fucking mood. 
Tammy and the T-Rex. Tammy and the T-Rex. And uh, Candy, Candy Snatchers. Snatchers. I really like both of those a lot. Yeah, I was just in a bad mood. Now, I was the only one who really liked Candy Snatchers, though. Yeah. Everybody liked Tammy and the T-Rex, though. Which is funny, because like there's the whole thing. Uh, it's a rabbit hole, but these the online ARG uh, purity. That's mm-hmm. essentially the Candy Snatchers. Candy Snatchers, yeah. yeah. Which I remember uh, we are watching uh, Justin Wang, who, who's also been in my Justin frequent Wang. rotation. Yeah, he's great. Uh, he did an episode about like Slipknot's like obsession with that story. Yeah, they have a song about it on the first album, right? Yeah, pure, it's called Pure Purity. Purity. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. I couldn't remember the name of the song. And uh, and we were watching it, and you're like, "Huh, that's just the Candy Snatchers." Yeah, I was like, "That's the Candy Snatchers." I was like, "Wait a fucking minute!" <laughs> yeah, it is. The Candy Snatchers, in hindsight, was a weird one to bring for that little get together. But I also you didn't, didn't know, know what it was. I didn't know how like. You know that's it's a seventies exploitation film, and it yeah. gets very seventies exploitation. You know, <laughs> I think you knew it was gonna get as rough as it was going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really like that movie a lot, and I love Tim T Rex. It's such a ridiculous. Well, it's like I bought a movie recently called Sugar Cookies, mm-hmm. literally because on the box it says uh, a definitive piece of exploitation cinema. Yeah. I was like, yep, that's gotta, gotta have gotta it. In, that's gotta get in the cart, and the the artwork was great. Yeah, so. I'm trying to think of other films I watched and then rewatched and liked more the second time. I, recently, I had one I watched that I used to love and watched again and didn't care for. It was The Craft. <laughs> I did not like it that much. I I thought it was fun. You know, The Crow. Yeah, I've had like a roller coaster relationship with The Crow. The Crow's fun. I used to love The Crow, and yeah. then I watched it one day on TBS or something like that. I was like, oh shit, The Crow's on. I'm gonna watch The Crow. And was like, this is just cheesy shit. Yeah, like, this is just. Fucking garbage, you know. (laughs) And didn't watch it for years, and then we watched this Halloween, and again, I was like, you know what? This movie's actually pretty fun. Oh yeah, Um, it's not as dark and brooding as I remember it being. Yeah, but it is just a really fun action movie. I'll I'll tell you, I'm I'm gonna bring up something right here, right now in America, in America, in America, in America, in America. America. Um, I am tired of people shitting on the Street Fighter movie. (laughs) The Street Fighter movie. That movie is fucking awesome. (laughs) Where'd that come from? I don't know. You brought up uh, The Crow. and we, I remember we were talking about uh, Street Fighter, the movie, uh, after you watched it. I love Street Fighter, it. the movie. Clearly, I bought the 88 special edition of it. Dude, because I remember uh, you were like, well, all right, let's, let's watch it one day. And I was like, oh, God, this is going to be some schlocky shit. And it's just really fun. It's just fun. It is schlocky, but it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's schlocky fun. Now I can't wait for us to watch the uh, Double Dragon movie. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Again, it's like, I even, fuck, I don't know, my brain's weird. Like, there's a lot of movies that I probably shouldn't like, but I love. Yeah. It's like, I I really like fucking Andy Milligan's The Ghastly Ones. The Ghastly Ones? <laughs> Most people are a lot like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> like, even you were like, it was fine. Blood Feast is kind of one of those movies. Like, the first time I watched yeah. Blood Feast, I remember being like, that fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and then rewatching it older and kind of like, seeing it through those new, like, I understand what this is now, eyes. Yeah. It still sucks. But I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, the, was it Godfather of Gore? Is that what it's called? Wizard of Gore. Wizard of Gore. What's called Godfather? God, Godfather of they Gore. They call him the Godfather of Gore. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair enough. Which, did you see Mr. Parker's meme about that? No. Where it's the, it's the Drake meme. <laughs> it's like, Hersh Gordon Lewis is the Godfather of Gore, and he's doing like the, nah. <laughs> and it's like, Lucio Fulci is the Godfather of Gore, and he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I do agree, but. Yeah. But there were no, I don't know if you would still get the gore like we have now if it wasn't for Lewis. Here's another one uh, I'll throw out for Don's question um, Rubber's Lover. Yeah. The first time I watched Rubber's Lover, I just didn't get it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily that I didn't like it, I just didn't get it. To this day, I don't know if I get 964 Pinocchio. No. 
<laughs> but the more I think about the movie, I'm like, I need to rewatch this. I'd like 964 Pinocchio a lot, too. And I watched um, the music video you edited. Yeah. With the, using the footage. What is it? Just, uh, don't. Shit, I can't even remember the name of it now. That's terrible. Oh, God. Something Decay. Systematic Decay? Systematic Decay, yeah. That's um, terrible. I've spent so much time editing that I should remember the name by heart. But <laughs> We've also done a lot of them, too. It's true. <laughs> uh, we, we, we've, been, we've had our hands in uh, our friend uh, Orbix yes. Joseph's music videos. But thank you, Don, for but, the yeah. question. I believe she went and seen um, Shangui Shishkabog. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hell I yeah. It, I think it was Don that went and seen them. I saw them. Dude, shoot. When I saw their uh, story, I was like, hey. Dude. That band just keeps popping up. I fucking love them. I need to re- listen to them. They're fucking, they're super heavy. Next up but. is Gabe Rodriguez 9. Okay. I was just making sure that was just 9. <laughs> okay. You guys love extreme movies. What are some extreme musical bands slash mm. artists that you guys like? I've heard you guys mention Pig Destroyer, which makes me really happy. In that same stroke, thoughts on noise music. It tends to cover a lot of the same dark themes in the films you talk about in, tr- in addition to pushing boundaries and forsaking normal structures and conventions. New listener, love what you guys are doing. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Pig Destroyer's one of my favorite bands. Yeah, Pig- I love Pig Destroyer. <laughs> like, I think they were like my number two band of the year. Yeah. On Spotify, I don't want to get in that. Mine got all fucked up because of work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, I love listening to like bands like Carcass and stuff like that. But when it comes like more noisy, more atmospheric stuff, um, Portal, Portal, yeah, that's Portal a good goes shout. hard as fuck. Portal is insane, and their stage presence is scary shit. It's kind of like Sun O. Yeah, but I think I like Portal just a little bit better. Yeah, which. I'm growing a little bit more of appreciation for Sun-O. I appreciate the shit out of what Sun-O does. Yeah. It's just sitting down and listening to it, it's difficult. <laughs> well, I remember the first time I went to listen to a Sun-O album, right? I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I thought it was just going to be like a doomy album. Mm-hmm. But it was like just super like drony and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't like, really into like a lot of the more experimental stuff yeah. at the time. So I was like, what the fuck? I, uh, I recommended uh, Sun O to Orbix. <laughs> Speaking yeah. of Orbix. And he's like, I need a few more notes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I fucking love extreme music. Like mm-hmm. across the board, like, like the uh, horrorcore rap, like stuff like. Oh, yeah. Horrorcore is um, cool. Yeah. Like Brother Lynch hung. Brother Lynch hung. Necro. Um, Necro. Uh, uh, early Cage. Yeah, Cage. Uh, but my, my forte is more in metal. Mm-hmm. I listen to a lot of pretty extreme stuff. Cattle decapitation. Oh, I fucking love cattle. Um, dying fetus. To me, like cattle is like one of like the most extreme. Like I know they're not like the heaviest band ever. Yeah. But like when like they're like evolution. Yeah. In subject matter. Never changes how extreme it is. Yeah. Though they're not talking about the same things because, like, the early stuff, it's all about gore and violence. Yeah. And blah. Yeah. And then it just becomes about, like, the world is dying and we all shall die with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh my God. Like, it's just Dude. extreme. It's just completely different. Oh. Yeah. One of, like, like, they're one of the most nihilistic, like, outlooks on life bands ever. <laughs> yeah. And I, I will give a nod to, to this band, too. Like, even though. Some people are not going to like their stuff. Like, it's not noise, per se, but it's definitely noisy. And that's Rings of Saturn. Rings of Saturn. I'm not a big Rings of Saturn There's, fan. I, I really or um, uh, Infant Annihilator. I like Infant a lot. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> um, the last album wasn't my favorite, though. Mm-hmm. But the, the second album is where it's at. If you like Pig Destroyer, I would check out Sanction. 
Sanction, yeah, Sanction's heavy as fuck. They create a real atmosphere yeah. in their music as well. Uh, Nasum. Nasum. They go yeah. hard. Um, uh, 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 Discordant Axis is a pretty noisy grindcore band, too. Agoraphobic Nosebleed. Oh, my God, their shit's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like Agoraphobic. Um, and, of course, Napalm Death. You know, the godfathers of, like, Grind. Oh, yeah. Them um, Carcass. I'm also going to throw out a nod to a band called, I think it's a one-man band, by the way. Called Meth Witch. Oh, Meth Witch, yeah. Dude. Oh, I thought of one. That shit's scary. I thought of one. What's it? What is Piss it? Grave. Piss Grave is about as noisy <laughs> as, like, Gore Grind gets, And extreme. Man. Dude. Like, their first album is just a guy, like, just he's just turned to goop on the album yeah. cover. It's like, fuck. Their uh, latest one is just someone whose fucking head got exploded, man. It's bad. Nails. <laughs> Nails, well, they're not really a thing anymore. Nails broke up? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of sucks. They had kind of a falling out. That sucks. I like Nails. Um, yeah, Nails is fucking heavy, though. Ridiculously uh, heavy. Yeah. Like, earache-inducing like, at times. D- to be not like like one of like the more like extreme-extreme. Yeah. They were power violence. Yeah. You know, not to be like a porno gore. Yeah. They had to be like one of the heavier bands. Like, also, if you just want to have some fun with some, like, ridiculous bands out there in the stream genre, there's the, like, porno grind mm-hmm. stuff, the slam metal stuff. Uh, Gudalax. Gudalax, which I think they're called, like, shit grind. Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. There's <laughs> shit, uh, shit gore. I don't remember. What's the one band that I always bring up that, like, sung in those, like, naked suits? <laughs> oh, fucking, uh, was it Cote Daver? Cote Daver, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was not naked suits, it was the uh, corpse suits. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun stuff. It is fun. I, I, I love that music. <laughs> I was trying to think. There was another band I had in my head, and I've lost it now. It's one of those like, um, oh, fuck. The one that sung Rape by Elephants. <laughs> Torso Fuck. Torso Fuck, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'll tell you a band that's like completely different, but like talking about that kind of noise stuff. Yeah. Boards of Canada. Boards of Canada, yeah. Like I know they're not a noise. They're more like a, like a, uh, a, um, Electronic, yeah, but like their stuff is like super atmospheric. Yeah, I've been getting to like a lot of synth stuff recently. Synth stuff, like there's a there's a guy named Daniel Deluxe who does a lot of uh, some. Like, if you love like eighties like soundtracks of like horror movies and action movies, mm-hmm. go check his shit out. It's good. It's like fucking uh, Apex Twins. Oh yeah, <laughs> fucking Death Grips. Death Grips. Like yeah. as far as like rap goes, that's a real like. Oh my trip. god, dude! Good shit, dude. Um, but yeah, like. When it comes to, like the more noise like noise noise related music, fuck, I can't talk tonight. <laughs> um, I need to deep dive into that stuff a little bit more. But I found a song called "The Witch Box." I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. That song's fucking wild. <laughs> I was like, this is intense stuff, but uh, yeah, I like it. And there's also uh, there's also some noise bands that I'm just like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, this is like. Beyond anything I've ever listened to in my life, but yeah, yeah, we appreciate it, Gay Rodriguez Nine, for the question. Yeah, thank you. Next up, we have a, a lunatic underscore butcher underscore horror. Oh yeah, you guys collect horror figures and shit. <laughs> Cheers, my dudes. <laughs> simple to the point. Uh, yeah, very, very simple. Very, very to the point. Um, I don't have many. Figures, no. Like you have a couple. I like, do those uh, small ones. I do collect like odd knickknack things every yeah. once in a while. Like I have like you know we both do the WNUF yeah Halloween tape, and I have like some of like the uh, how the horror mystery figures yeah. I have a stuff cup 
Yeah. Stuff like that. I, I collect it every once in a while. When I find a cool little knickknack, I'll throw it. Something I can throw up on the shelf, I'll I'll have that. But yeah, as far as like the NECA and stuff like that figures, I've never been a little too rich for my blood a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> um, up here I've got a Halloween three Pez dispenser somewhere. Yeah, I said right above you. Yeah, it fell off the shelf and <laughs> one, one of the ends broke on it. I got real mad about that. Yeah, that's my. Uh, I don't really cl- like I said I don't really collect figures, but I do collect like little knickknacky things. I have masks. Masks. Like I. You have a Jason Voorhees mask. I do. Um, I did have a Freddy one, but it deteriorated. Yeah. <laughs> it's still up there, but it's fucked. I also have a uh, Ultimo Dragon mask. I do, too. <laughs> Signed by the man. And the Hayabusa mask. Uh, oh, yeah, you do have the Hayabusa one. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, I have a uh, La Parca mask. An El Generico one. Ole, 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 ole. <laughs> and I've got, when it was like horror masks, I've got the uh, haunted mask. The haunted mask from Goosebumps. Which I, I love that fucking thing. Yeah. It, you cannot put it on, though. No. Because it, it does, like, get stuck to you. It really scary. does. Like, it, like, suctions to your face. Yeah. It adheres I don't to you. Like it. It's like, <gasps> <gasps> and I do have a red mask that is, like, <laughs> made in the red mask from Sindago. <laughs> Sindago, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I have some like original one sheets. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like as far as like collector's ability goes, I don't I have a Alice Sweet Alice original one sheet. Yeah, which is really cool. A happy birthday to me, original one sheet. And your favorite. And the my, my, the prize of the collection. <laughs> the crown jewel. The not trained to murder original one sheet that I think I paid like I trained to terror. Oh yeah, yeah, not yeah. trained to terror. Yeah. Uh that I paid like not even twenty bucks for, but <laughs> Well, I know uh our uh, our friend and relative has a pretty crazy grail nowadays, and that's a signed hammer. Yeah, from Fred Vogel. Fred Vogel, yeah, which is pretty wild. Yeah, I never got into the figures. I think they're cooler in hell. Mm-hmm. Like if I had a place for them, I'd probably get into them. I was looking at um the Clive Barker figures. Oh, the uh, tortured souls. Yeah, yeah, those are really cool. I they were a little more decently priced. I might. Dead Pit did a whole thing where uh, Uncle Bill and two born to be rad or something like that. Yeah. I think his, his YouTube name is. Did a whole thing where they showed off their uh, NECA collections and stuff like that. It was really cool. That is cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I, I don't have a lot of figures though. I have the Pez Spencer. That's about it. <laughs> that and you gave me your Rob Zombie figure. If that counts. Yeah. 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 And it kind of works. So. I had that when I was a, I was a young man. Yeah. Very young man. <laughs> I also have a fucked up Sabu figure. I see that. Yeah. That's awesome. I don't know why I still have that. It's fucked up. Is it fucked? Well, because as a kid, I because I had a thing when I was like five. Because mm. I was one of the kids that watched ECW as a kid. Hell yeah. And I used its fucking finger to like scrape the front of the box for some reason because I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's awesome. And I ruined it. <laughs> but as you can see on the front of it, it's all fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I hate myself for that. Because I, I don't know how much of things are worth nowadays. You'd have to ask Matt Cardona. Matt Cardona. <laughs> or you could just go to eBay. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we have AV11817. If you were forced to be a part of the human centipede, but were allowed to pick what section you would be, which section would you pick? I'm sorry, but it's first. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah. Eat my ass. <laughs> Eat my ass. Eat my ass raw. <laughs> Yeah, no, I ain't, I ain't about that middle or end lot. No, man, especially not the end. That's the worst. Is that the worst or is it the middle? I mean, uh, I don't know. I think the last because, like, the first one shits, yeah. the middle eats it, and then shits the shit into your mouth. Yeah. And then you shit it all out. God, it's terrible. It's terrible. 
unless you're in the uh, the, uh, the the humans that would be from two and three, mm. then it's just like you, <laughs> you anything better. but the first. <laughs> if you're not first, you're last. That's pretty much that's pretty much the human centipede. <laughs> now, if you're into like ass eating and poop, hey, if you're the, the dookie, yeah, that's your thing, man. Then you know, middle or end, have fun. But it's definitely definitely, definitely first. first. Yeah, I'm sorry. Dude. I'm being selfish. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to everyone uh, behind me, but. <laughs> I ain't about that lot. I ain't about that lot. I think I'm missing a question. Hang on a second here. Technical difficulties. Technical difficulties. Talk yeah. about the human centipede some more, even though we did a whole episode about it. Uh, the third one sucked ass. God almighty. I hate that movie. It's like an uh, ooey bowl question. You mean movie? Yeah. Sorry, I was question. looking at questions. <laughs> I'm drinking a Kickstart at 1130 at night. Oh, yeah. Kickstart. I missed two questions. Jesus Christ. Jesus. You suck an ass, son. Oh, my God. It's because I didn't hit... bury the centipede. I did... <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did you even just say? I said, you, said you might as well bury the centipede. You suck a shit, son. Uh, I forgot to hit the, the plus button to show more questions. Damn. We're good. I got this. Next right. up, Sarah Crew 2. What do you think is the most unrealistic but most terrifying thing to ever happen in a movie? Oh, God. That's a great question. Yeah. Unrealistic but terrifying. Uh, the first thing that popped in my head was The Fly. Yeah. The the uh, the remake, Kroetenberg's The Fly. Oh, my God. I'm trying to think of, like... I know in like some of the Hatchet movies, people like that one guy gets fucking ripped in half. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, fuck. that's the one good thing about the Hatchet movies. The gore, the gore, yeah. everything else I think is. Blech. I like I like Hatchet one, but Blech. you know, Blech. I think about most Adam Green's movies. Blech. <laughs> I do wow. like Digging in the Marrow. In the Marrow is really good, and Frozen's pretty good too. Um, yeah, well, I haven't seen that one, yeah. but uh, I'm thinking, 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 thinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Oh, uh-huh. this one just came to my mind. I watched Funny Games not very long ago. Yeah, like being able to get out of the situation and have someone rewind it—that would suck. And then you're just like, oh, well, well. I hope I get that right again. <laughs> you know, one that's like super obvious, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's Freddy Krueger. Yeah, dude. Like the idea that this thing can infiltrate your dreams. <laughs> Freddy Krueger scared the shit out of me as a kid. Me too. I used, I had a nightmare as a kid that uh. I woke up in my bed, and I rolled over, and there was Freddy Krueger. Right? What's up, bitch? Yeah, basically. And I got up, and I ran away, and then I woke up. And then when I woke up, I looked over, there was Freddy Krueger again. Oh, my God. And I got up and ran out of the room and woke up, and when I rolled over, there was Freddy Krueger again. Oh, and this just kept shit. happening, like, like five or six times before I finally actually woke up. <laughs> How old were you at this point? Ah, young, like five, six, something like I that. Mean, it's canon, hello. Because <laughs> Freddy's a pedophile. Oh, good point. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pedophile side. He's a pedophile side. Pedophile base yet. <laughs> oh, another one is fucking Jason Voorhees. Jason Voorhees is throwing like, you into yeah. the fucking tree. Yeah, like for me, old body horror stuff is terrifying. Oh, yeah. So like, you know. Anything Lovecraftian too. Lovecraft. Like those yeah. like like Cthulhu. Like the idea of like Cthulhu being real is like that's like might as well just kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It ain't worth it, kind of going like, on, kind of thing. Some movies are the same way. Like, some, like I've heard like so many people like they watch Walking Dead once and they're like, "Man, I wish there was a zombie apocalypse. I'd fucking kill all the zombies." I'm, like, <laughs> I'm putting a bullet in my my head. Yeah, right. No, I know exactly how I'd survive the zombie apocalypse. I go to a I go to a damn uh, <laughs> grocery store. That's how I'd survive. As if it wouldn't be rated. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <You> dumbasses. 
No, I, did, I wouldn't want to live through that. Kill Hell me. no, kill me. I'm trying to shoot myself in the head. That, shoot myself in the head so I don't. I don't come back. Yeah, why? Like, why would you want to live through that? I don't know. It's always been the dumbest fucking like argument I've ever yeah. heard in my life. Any, anyone who's like, I wish, I wish it was a zombie apocalypse. I'm like, do you? Do you? Do you really? Do you? That shit's a nightmare. It's terrible. <laughs> do you? Do you? But uh, yeah, thank he, you, Sarah Crew, too, for the question. Also, dystopian shit gets me too. Yeah, the road. The ro- the road stuff like 1984. Mm. That shit's just like oof, <laughs> oof, oof. Next up is the homie, the People's Mikey. People's Mikey. He says, "Howdy, my dudes. It's Wednesday, my dudes. <laughs> it's really awesome Wednesday. to see you'll be covering Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. The murder suicide scene and the ending with the troops singing the Mickey Mouse Club theme really left an impression on me. Yeah." <laughs> yep. <laughs> I want to ask, maybe somewhere down the line, you guys will do an episode of Hollywood films that the f- that fans of the extreme cinema appreciate, i.e. Uh, Fallen, Seven, etc. Nice to see you guys reviewing another flick with shit-eating. Oh, yeah. And, and also Jacob's Ladder, which I heard the careers of Silent Hill, Silent Hill were influenced by. I could see that. I also wanted to add, I enjoyed the listener questions. It does make the day go by quick. Hope you guys have a great weekend. Take care. Cheers. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you all. Um. Yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah, we're gonna cover like Hollywood movies. Yeah, for sure. We talked about it like mainstream. Like, how the hell did this get in theaters? Kind yeah, of. That's movies. literally a name for an episode. It's like, how the hell did this make it yeah. in theaters? <laughs> Films that defy the logic of the uh, MPAA. <laughs> yeah, like the one we were talking about was Hateful Eight. Hateful Eight. Yeah, because of one scene in particular. Yeah, it's so fucked up. It's very fucked up. <laughs> um, and it's also just movies that are like. How does make a theater make it to theaters at all? Like boarding house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is, yeah. <laughs> How was that ever put to a, a screen? That movie's an anomaly. I'm not convinced it's real. It's a, it's a, it's. A, I it's, think it's a prank. <laughs> it's it's an elaborate prank pulled on us. <laughs> it um, ain't real. It's not a real movie. That was never real. No. That what exists was never meant to be shown to people. <laughs> um. <laughs> It defies any kind of sense of realism and logic. It's an SCP. It really is. <laughs> it, should, it shouldn't exist, but it does. It shouldn't. No, SCPs don't exist, actually. But They don't. People think they do, though. Yeah, it's weird. Nah. It's the internet, man. The internet's People think weird. Slender Man's real. Yeah, I know. Someone almost died because of the Slender Man. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. We're but, definitely going to cover some mainstream stuff. Oh, and, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. As always, thank you, People's Mikey. That is going to be a different episode now, though. What? Just Hollywood. You never trusted Hollywood. Just like real fucked up Hollywood movies. Yeah, they're out there. Oh, for sure. Um, next up we have J.K. Bitch. <laughs> What's the worst wrestling match you've ever seen? <laughs> not ca- not counting Independence. Okay. For me, it's ECW Stairway to Hell '97 <laughs> between Sandman and Sabu. Sandman was always drunk, overweight, and uncoordinated. But in this match, he makes Giant Gonzalez look like the Dynamite Kid. He's alternating between stumbling around the ring and doing the little I swear I'm not drunk officer jog. Then he stacks up four tables, promptly forgets about them, and Sabu, being the spot monkey he is, promptly throws himself through all of them. Curious to hear your picks. It's true, though. That's a bad match. I remember yeah. We watched all the... I got hurt one time. I tore my Achilles. Yeah. And couldn't sleep. Like, so, I would stay up all night because I just could never get comfortable enough to, to rest. And your homie, who doesn't sleep, no, <laughs> joined me. And we watched uh, all the ECW pay-per-views pretty, in order. Pretty much back-to-back. Back-to-back-to-back. We'd watch like two to three a night. Two to three a uh, night. And some, and some days, like, 
it would be like multiple. Yeah. Like like four. And man, Salmon, what a piece of shit. <laughs> Salmon sucked. His man. intro and his like persona. Oh, mm, fantastic. Chef's yeah. kiss. Amazing stuff. Yeah. His in-ring ability was the drizzling shits. Except for that one time he jumped over the top rope and hit someone with a kendo stick. That was kind of incredible. I that, won't lie. That's the most athletic thing that motherfucker ever did. That's like one of those things like he did it and everyone's like, wow, I didn't know you could do that. And he's like, oh, neither. <laughs> <laughs> I did that? What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Um, so, here, oh here's, here's a few picks from me. Okay. Halloween Havoc 98. Oh, my God. Hogan Warrior. Hogan's vanity match because he wanted his win back from the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. It's the only only guy that beat him that he never beat. I'm going to go with fucking Hogan Sting with (sighs) Bret Hart. That's a bad one, too. Bret Hart. uh, Was it Bret Hart or Ronnie Popper at ringside? Bret Hart. Because... That motherfucking referee. Nick Patrick, baby. That son of a bitch ruins the whole match because it's supposed to be a fast count. It's a normal count. Yeah. Because all his counts were just slow as shit. To me, what makes Howling Havoc 98 worse than anything, it's like what makes it even worse, Yeah. what makes it even more of a pile of shit, is that it went long. Yeah. So the good match, DDP and Goldberg, didn't even air on pay-per-view. No. Because the pay-per-view went too long and the cable company cut it out. Yeah. Ass. Ass. Uh, I think you also, also got to give it up to Goldberg Undertaker, Saudi Bro- Arabia. Bro- that match is bad, but I'm going to stop you right there. Mm-hmm. Brothers of Destruction DX at Saudi Arabia <laughs> is one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. That match is really bad. However, I'm going to go back and I'm going to debate you okay. and say that Goldberg and Undertaker is worse, and here's why. <laughs> Goldberg Undertaker is a match of five spots, and they botch them all. <laughs> True. They botch everything. There's not a single move they pull off in that match correctly. Yeah. Uh, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg. The at, first one. At 20, yeah. That one's terrible. Here's an old school one for you. Uh, Moondog Spot versus Junkyard Dog. <laughs> I can't remember what show it is. It's a tournament. It's not WrestleMania 2. Yeah. It's not WrestleMania, what is it, 4? That was a tournament? Yeah. This isn't that. This is just something, this is some random show that has a tournament. Yeah. The referee forgot to come out for the match. It's Already. Two, it's, Fuck. <laughs> it's two minutes and Junkyard Dog uh, counts to pin himself. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. It's so Terrible. bad. Um, oh my god, there's so many bad matches. Like TNA had the one, what was it, fucking uh, Rebel versus, uh, what's her name? Shelly Martinez. Terrible. So bad. I mean, if you want to go down the... My badge! If you want to go down the TNA rabbit hole... Who is the there's bad There's the matches. reverse battle royal. <laughs> Terrible. There's the electrified cage match. <laughs> There's the blindfold the match. The last rots match. The last rots match. Where they match. bring the damn <laughs> casket down from the rafters and it sits in the middle of the ring and you can't do anything about it because it's just fair. There's, uh, what is it, Charmel versus, what is it? I can't remember her name. Oh my God. The chick from Survivor. Yeah. <laughs> There's that one. Terrible. There's Andy Voodoo Kin Mafia match. <laughs> just be like, Vince McMahon's a son of a bitch for firing us. It's like okay. There's the there's feast or famine. Oh my god! Where Curry Man won and was fired. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, he pulls up that briefcase and just fired. fired. Imagine winning the match, just, just get fired. fired. Terrible. There's WCW. There's the Judy Bagwell on a pole match. The Viagra on a pole match. Oh my god! The Forty ers was it something glove match? Yeah. The fucking uh, what was the ba- the the truck one that got uh, oh, Goldust the, fired? Was it Blacktop something? You can't see anything. No, 
And they both bladed when they weren't supposed to. Yeah, they got fired. Carney fucks. <laughs> Carney fucks. Oh my god, there's also fucking Survivor Series, the the Doinks versus the Royal Family. Oh my god. Where it was just being like, look at these small people, yeah. Russell. Vince Man treats little people like children. Literally. Yeah, they he, he thinks they're all like six, yeah. even though they're grown ass men. And then he puts them in sexual situations. That sometimes. he does. And he loves that too. It's disgusting. <laughs> the butt of every Vince Man joke ever is like a little person, if you think about it. It is. Like Hornswoggle. <laughs> The raw GM story. Hornswoggle. It's, it's, it's Hornswoggle. Who's Vince McMahon's son? It's Hornswoggle. <laughs> it's like he, he was like, I don't know what to do. Hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. <laughs> God. But I think we've talked wrestling long enough, yeah. people. Not everybody likes wrestling. Fair enough. Fair enough. Next up, we have. Uh, you're going to have to help me with this, Matt. Oh, okay. Purulent Granny Gangrening? Gangrene? Uh, pure, uh, is it Purulent Granny Gangrene? Gangrene. Okay. Their question is. Awesome. They're actually a pretty cool <laughs> yeah. gore grind band that you should go check out on Bandcamp. Yeah. Uh, they did a song based on Nathan Rumler's Amityville Vibrator, Hell yeah. which is a really fucking cool movie. And a cool band did a cool song for it. So, <laughs> um, yeah, Gore grind is a genre that I... I do love. It's gnarly, man. <laughs> it is wild. I opened shit. up their band camp and I saw that guy with his head just blowed away, and I'm like, "Good shit, right there. <laughs> um, <laughs> Top shelf, top shelf. <laughs> it's, like, it's like fucking fluids, man. Yeah. It's like, it's like they. I don't know why they even have an Instagram page because they try to post this shit. And it gets together like the suck god. It's like, of course the suck got you. God damn it! I can't believe they took us down again. It's like, it's like yeah. <laughs> You post a video of some guy in a garbage truck getting bodied to hell. You, <laughs> you thought that was going to work. You literally put a the <laughs> sound effect over someone's head getting run over and thought you weren't going to get fucking got. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, you thought that was going to work. Or someone get trampled by, getting trampled by damn elephants. <laughs> Which I, I don't know if you saw that no, one. No, I didn't see that one. They had one of their songs over, so just like... <laughs> so just get trampled. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah, go check out. God, I mean, it wouldn't be a Gorgon band if I couldn't pronounce their name. True, <laughs> uh, Purulent Gangrene and uh, Purulent Granny Gangrene. Yes, I think it's how you say it. It's good shit. Good shit. Yeah. Next up, we have Rural Death. Rural Death. Do you guys see yourself getting a large enough following to have to start to omit certain questions? Do you ever get sick of answering things irrelevant to the material? And what's your favorite kind of cheese? Oh man. <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have no problem answering questions that are just like off topic. Absolutely not. And if it, if we did get to a point where we were big enough where we had to omit questions, we would just do an episode where we would just do Answer an, questions, yeah. yeah. Or try to cut down the length of our answers. Something yeah. like that. We would never cut out questions. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cheese. Uh, I like smoked cheddar. Smoked cheddar. I, I like a good like Swiss and provolone cheese. Don't you lie. So sandwich cheese. It's American singles. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to just eating cheese, that's not my favorite cheese to eat. <laughs> but I, I will just go grab an American slice and eat it. And <laughs> shit later because I think I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, but. as far as like ir- uh, like questions not relevant to the material of the episode or something like that, care. I don't give a shit. You ask whatever you want to ask. Yeah. You know, we're going to answer it or not. Yeah. <laughs> it depends on how weird it is. <laughs> I mean, most we've not left anything out yet. There's not been yeah. a question too weird that we haven't answered. Yeah. So you know, I mean, we really got a question this week that's just, <laughs> which is great. And we've been asked if we uh, believe God. 
we have. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that, was, that was funny. That was really funny. We forgot. But finally, last but not least, the underscore Gorehound. And I saved this one for last for good reasons. Okay. The question is, what must the viewers do to have the poop-eating special episode? This is what the fans want. Well, just going to go ahead and say, ask no more, because yes. you're about to receive. Yes. I'm going to go ahead and announce it. Okay. We're going to post a, a, a post to Instagram pretty soon. That probably will get zucked. That probably will get zucked. Uh, announcing it officially. Which I got to find a damn photo, and all the photos I found are collages, by the way. Mm. Which has not been easy. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So we're going to announce it officially yes. soon on the Instagram page, but, you know, we're not going to be one of those pod... <laughs> Someone did... <laughs> Shit. Hey, that's appropriate. <laughs> it is appropriate. <laughs> I believe anyway. that in, you know that, right? Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, my lord. <laughs> That just happened. Appropriate. Is that on audio? Yeah, <laughs> dog. You're gonna be able to hear it definitely. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, one by just crop dosing the shit out of us. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, we're gonna officially announce it. We're not gonna be one of those podcasts that makes you wait to the end. Mm-mm. We're not gonna be one of those podcasts that like buries the lead or forces you to subscribe to the Patreon. Yeah, we're gonna tell you right here, right now. In America, December 25th. Oh, are you putting it on Christmas? I'm putting it out on Christmas. Oh, okay. I didn't it's, know that. That. it's on Saturday. Oh. It literally actually just works out oh, okay. <laughs> perfectly. It actually is just the next episode. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which, think about that, Christmas is literally like two weeks away. Oh, God, I'm stressed. I know, right? <laughs> I still got shit to get. December 25th. We will not only be covering. Vile, disgusting movies. Yeah. We will have a special guest for the first time doing just an episode with us. Yep. Um, Not an interview. He's a guest on the show. Yeah, so, Sigon Cinema for this episode. It's a collab. It's a, it's a collaboration, and it's just not It's not just going to be a two-man crew. No, it's going to be three. Three. Three-man crew. Who's joining us, John? This is going to be Sick on Cinema X. X. Spooky Celluloid. Yep. He's going to join us, and we're going to be reviewing Japanese shit and puke fetish films. <laughs> or we're just going to call it Japanese filth. Yeah. And those um, films are going to be Gusso Milk. Two. Two, because that's the one we can find. <laughs> yeah, that's the, that's, the, that's the one that, because uh, <laughs> you you got the Twisted Anger movies. I did. <laughs> but, uh... Terrible Mill. Yep. And the infamous yep. Squirm Fest. Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas. What was that? Well, I don't know. The mood right don't over there. freak me out, dog. I ain't trying to freak you. Trying out. to focus. We're announcing something huge. This is going to be disgusting. Yeah. So um, yeah, we will have a uh, guest host for the first time. Yeah, it's we've never done wild. this. It's pretty wild. Pretty big. Big deal. Yeah. We stop staring over there. <laughs> Some spooking. I don't know what it is. You're spooking me out, dog. You're spooky celluloid me. <laughs> You're a comedian over here. I'm killing myself after this. Wait, what? What? Um, but yeah. Yeah, we're covering disgusting shit. Yeah, literally. So there you go, the Gorehound. It's literally the next episode. Yeah. So you will not have to wait any longer. People are either gonna be like, "Yeah, this is gonna be awesome," and they're gonna be like, "Oh God, why?" <laughs> if, if you're and either way, you're right. <laughs> and just saying, if if, if if that's not for you, hey, we'll see you in the next episode. We understand. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
do I want to do this? Fuck no, I don't want to do this. I wish we were talking, me, us, and Spooky were doing something else. <laughs> but yeah, I wish we were covered like just like I don't know, like Gene Rowan's movies or something. Instead, it's fucking shit. Nah, hard. fuck them, Gene Rowan pretentious. <laughs> Actually, I love Gene Rowan. But well, yeah, <laughs> fuck those pretentious vampire <laughs> movies. Nah, dog. Give me Japanese girls munching down on some doo-doo. <laughs> some doo-doo bugs and Mouthfuls shit. of the brown stuff, baby. Oh, Puking into bowls and filling them full. Slurping them back down. Oh, Puking God. them again. Oh, yeah. I don't want to watch it, the doo-doo. <laughs> I don't want to watch it. We, it's two weeks back-to-back of shit-eating. I'm not okay with that. I think the one I'm most like hesitant and like nervous about is Goose Milk. Yeah. Yeah, Squirmfest is the one I'm the most worried about. Squirmfest is probably really bad, but I don't know. I don't. I, know. I don't like people eating bugs. Yeah, I don't like people eating shit. Yeah, I don't like people fucking in shit. Yeah, I don't like vomit either. And it's got all three. But the thing is, I, I know the least about Goose Milk. Yeah, I don't know what I'm getting myself into with Goose Milk at all. Really, I just know it's poop porn. Yeah. So like, I don't know what extent or how bad it's gonna be. Well, I remember before it got yeeted from YouTube. Uh. <laughs> Spooky Ross mm. did a video on Goose on Milk too. Oh yeah, yeah, it's rough. <laughs> There's literally a scene where a woman walks down like uh, a street covered in shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe this will be a Christmasly, uh, Christmassy tradition for us. Don't make this a tradition. <laughs> Do not make this a tradition. We'll bring old Spooky back on. Talk about some more disgusting porn. <laughs> If we're br- if we're gonna bring Spooky back on, do not force him to watch more shit porn. That's terrible. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, we could have done anything <laughs> this holiday season. Yeah, instead we're gonna be watching people eating the doo doo. Yeah, yeah. God, I'm 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 upset. I'm sorry you're upset, but I'm not. I'm ready. It's gonna be really funny. So, anyways. Uh, thank you, everybody, for the questions. We really yes. appreciate it. We're going to take a short hiatus, an uh, intermission, if you will, and we'll be coming back to talk about war films. Yes. But before we go, questions, comments, and concerns can be sent to sickoncinema at gmail.com, or you can wait to the week of the episode. We're a bi-weekly podcast. We'll post a lovely little image, mm-hmm. which next episode, I don't know if we will, actually, because we're recording early, Yeah. so we may not have time to post about uh, taking questions. Yeah. But... You can go ahead and ask away if you want. If you to. want to, yeah, yeah. But you know, on a normal episode, we'll yeah. post a little lovely little image that says we are taking questions, and you yeah. can ask in the comment section below. Yes. So yes, we're gonna take a brief break, pee, and all that good stuff, yep. and we'll be back to talk about war. I'm Poltergeist, and I make inappropriate songs about horror movies. So basically, I just came to see some naked teas and ace for free. Take a peek. Twelve cabins, twelve vacancies, twelve bodies, mother pray for me. I might go psycho occasionally. One body, too many pray for me, cause we all go a little mad sometimes. No happy ever after, just chapter after chapter after chapter massacre. Make the ripper look like an amateur ambassador of the slashers. Michael! Lord of the dead, Lord of the dead. You can wake up in the coroner's bed. This is the hour for mourning and dread. Drain on the blood that was stored in his head. All of the apologies that you can muster from your dread won't protect you on your bed. Nothing will from Pumpkinhead. This is not a dream, baby. This ain't Halloween, baby. We're on the scene. This is what we call a scream, baby. Subscribe on YouTube at Poltergeist OD. Follow me on Instagram and the Slasher app at Poltergeist underscore OD.
Let's go. Let's go. We're back. We're back. Um, <laughs> um, I don't yeah. want to watch doo porn. <laughs> you keep saying this. I don't want to do it. We got to, I guess. It's been announced. It's all now, for right? you. All you listen, this is for you. This is for you, brother. This is for you. This is all for you. Damn. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to do it. This is for this is for the listeners. This is the sacrifice we're making. <laughs> sacrifice my sanity. We're martyrs. <laughs> we're podcast martyrs. <laughs> Bearing the cross of filth. <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> Be careful. They're heroes. <laughs> <laughs> How long for like Spotify or something like that puts a band hammer on it though? Oh, man, I don't know. I think about that a lot actually. Like you know, because all these other like social media platforms are starting to like restrict things. Yeah. You know, YouTube, Facebook. YouTube uh, is really bad. So it's like, how long before like content starts getting pulled from Spotify? Oh, I don't know. You know, I mean, the thing is, like, I remember Infant Annihilator had their shit pulled from Spotify for uh, a good couple weeks. Was it album covers or just like the music? Everything. Wow. That their entire page got pulled. Well, I mean, like, what were they pulled for? Pulled for, uh... Like, album covers, c- lyrical content. It was lyrical content. Really? Yeah, but it was also not long after that asshole uh, who was in a, a porno grind band shot a bunch of people. Oh. So. Speaking of shooting. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Don't you be blowing. That was a good segue. Why don't you act like it wasn't? Yeah, give me the credit I'm due. Fine, fine. There you go. That's a good segue. There you go. Here's your credit. So we are talking about films that are either about, focus on, set around, or have something to do with war. War. A horrific thing (laughs) that is still around. (laughs) Still exists. And will exist forever. So. Yeah. We're going to kick this bad boy off, I think, with 1990. Yes. A film by Adrian Lin, who yeah. I know nothing about this person. I don't either. Did you look at any other films? I did, but I don't remember. I think one's Footloose or Flashdance or something like that. Like one of those dancing movies from the 80s. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like, how do you went from that to this? I don't know. But yeah. hey, more power to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is Jacob's Ladder. Oh, boy. This is a hard one to explain. <laughs> I'm going to do my best. Um... Pray for me, boys. <laughs> Come over to silence. So this is about Jacob, of course. Yeah. Jacob Singer. Jacob Singer, who is a former soldier in Vietnam. Yeah. Now, something I didn't pick up until on this end of this film until much later is that this takes place not too long after he comes home from Vietnam. Yeah. It just looks like a 90s movie to me. Like, everything about it looks 90s. It does, but um, at the same time... It's also supposed to be very surreal. So True, sure. So he's come home from Vietnam. He's had a crazy experience, but he doesn't really remember it. Yeah. Uh, his platoon are ambushed. Yeah. And he is stabbed Yeah. by someone. Somebody. Somebody. And uh, But he's come home. He's honorably discharged, and he comes home. Uh, he's no longer with his wife. Yeah. And his kids are kind of estranged from him. Uh, one of them is gone. Dead. <laughs> yeah. That happened pre-Vietnam, though. Yeah. And Which, he, oof. Uh, he's dating this girl. Yeah. And things are going decent. He's a mailman. Hmm. When all of a sudden he starts to have these vivid hallucinations. Yeah. Of things. Either people with no faces. He describes them as demons. Demons. In particular, 
towards about the halfway point of the film, you know, with this winged yeah. lizard thing that we don't see the whole thing of, but we get yeah. a shot of its silhouette. It's uh, so he keeps weird. having these like vivid hallucinations and he's losing time and like he's starting to like get flashbacks from Vietnam. He's starting to not know when he's awake and when he's asleep. And it's all the film is all about like him trying to figure out what is happening, why it's happening, and how it connected to his time in the war. Yeah. So what did you think about Jacob Zlatan? I very much love this movie. Yeah, it is a really good movie. Um, I don't know, like, the idea of it is just super wild, and it's, it, I don't know, it's almost like irreversible in a sense. Like, well, the way I say that is because the timeline is not very natural. It's not straightforward. It's not straightforward, but I wouldn't say it's as like hectic or chaotic as no. Reversible. Well, it's not as hectic, but like it's definitely like it plays with time a lot. It does. It plays like like oh, what's real, what's not. Also, I also but, I, what I do, yeah, and I like it that it's also it plays into like this like dream mentality and like this dream logic. Yeah, where it's like okay, is he still in Vietnam and this is all like in his head? Yeah, like these are his memories while he's in Vietnam. Yeah, or is Vietnam the memory? Like, they really kind of bounce back and forth yeah. with that. And I really did enjoy that. Um, I do think towards... The, like, I've always heard about this movie. It's like, oh, it's hard to follow. Mm-hmm. You know, you really got to pay attention to it. I don't see that, though. Like, it's no. pretty straightforward. I expect, and we're not going to spoil it. But when the ending happened, I was kind of like, well, I, I know exactly what this is. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, and that I do think is a problem. Because, like, I'd always... And maybe that's, that's maybe not as much a problem on the film as its reputation. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, it very much is a psychedelic strange, hallucinatory film, but it's not very hard to follow. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to bring up something that I didn't like about the film. Okay. Because I know you like this movie a little bit more than I do. Yes. Though I do think it's a very good movie and really, you know, I highly recommend it. I think I like two of these movies better than you did. I think you did, yeah. Um, I do not like the subplot slash direction the story goes in when they start introducing this, like, possibility that they were drugged yeah. and tested on in Vietnam. Just because, like, especially when the ending happens, it bears nothing to that ending. You know what I mean? Like, it adds nothing to it. I it, will... it doesn't give you an aha! Yeah. Because, like, well, that's not the reason this is happening at all. So why even bring it up? Um, I do kind of like that aspect. Yeah. Because... I mean, it very much was a thing. You're, yeah, you're right. I mean, not the exact substance. No, no, no. But like you, you know, you talk about Agent, like Agent Orange. Orange and stuff like that. And it's also like it plays on the idea of like, like the government experimenting on people, it's yeah, especially soldiers, because yeah. you've got like, you know, M- the MK Ultra experiments. You've got Edgewood, that all these fucking things where they experimented on people, and it's like, why couldn't that be a possibility? True. And again, this is also. Well, if I say that, it spoils the movie, but um, very much a lot of the movie does play within Jacob's head. Yeah, and memories. Yeah. So, this could be something, like, it's very much something that his brain is trying to process Mm -hmm. as, like, oh, what if this is what's going on? Yeah, um... I, and I could see that, but like it almost felt to me, it's like you know, you know, let's take Jalos for instance, or any yeah. kind of thriller. You always have the red herring, right? Yeah, the character in the film that the movie wants you to think is the killer, but they're not the killer. They're just there to throw you off the trail, right? Yes. This felt like a red herring subplot. 
which I've never seen in a movie before. Oh, you know yeah, what I mean? Or really since. Yeah, I don't think I like it because it just feels disjointed and unnecessary. Like I feel like those moments could be cut out of the movie, mm-hmm. and it would have been the exact same. It would nothing would have changed. I do think you could have possibly took it out. Mm. I mean, I personally do like it because it's, it's it's completely different from anything that you know that we're doing really this episode. Yeah, because it focuses on a possibility of something. It plays on like this whole thing of being watched, being followed for sure, which um, is definitely a, a distraction from a lot of stuff that's going on in the movie. Yeah, and it's weird too because like when you're talking about like oh, it's about being watched and followed. Well, you know, he's being watched and followed by two people then. Because yeah. I thought that's what the demons were. You yeah. Know? I mean, the, you know, there's a couple ways to take it. Like, these are not real entities. These are hallucinations yeah. of a damaged mind. Or that these are, like, real. You know, there's there's multiple ways you could take it. Because it's like, oh, these are people, these are demons because he maybe survived when he wasn't supposed to. Almost like Final Destination. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of ways you could take it. You know, and at the end of the film, it kind of sums it up pretty well that what they were. And I do feel like a lot of it is, like, almost... Like, I don't know if this makes sense, really. But maybe style over substance a bit. A little bit. Because it leads to a scene, like, where he starts thinking, like, oh, all this shit is because of what they did to us. Mm -hmm. It leads to a very, very haunting scene where, where, you know, he starts describing with this guy whose character, the character passes away in the movie. Yeah. In a very fucking horrific way. That's a great scene, though. But in like one of the guys is not experiencing it, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, he was just a whack job. Yeah. And then you see, the like this one, you see one of the guys like his tears are rolling down his face, and he's just being like, I, I'm. It's very like without saying, yeah. I'm also experiencing that. Yeah, it's yeah. very very haunting. I like that a lot, and I also do like even though like bringing his like platoon back into the movie, yeah. I didn't love because like their character development and, like, the relationships of those characters were never really flushed out. Yeah. So you you get... They have no connection to each other, really. You know what I mean? I would like to see if there was another cut of this movie. Almost like uh, Don't Panic. You know, when I talk about, like, these friends were, like, the least friends ever. Yeah. That's kind of like this. You know what I mean? Like, they know each other. Yeah. And they act very friendly, but they have no relationship. (laughs) Not not a relationship that's established on screen. Yeah, exactly. Um, But, however, you know, the guy who is, like... Well, I'm not experiencing anything. You know, yeah. this is crazy. You really get you get a reveal of why that's a possibility that he's not experiencing anything, and it's really fucking interesting. Yeah, you know, because then it it brings up more questions. However, I think the movie is almost wrapped up in too neat of a bow. Hmm. Yeah, there's I, a certain character that. who I'm also not a huge fan of, the chiropractor, mm-hmm. just because I think he's fucking wild. But I think that does add a bit to the surrealism of it. It does. But, but that does hinder it a little bit. But I love his performance. It's over the top and crazy. If you if you like his performance in this, go check him out and do the right thing. Oh, he's going to do the right yeah, thing? Yeah, he awesome. he's the uh, pizza shop owner. That's cool. And um, <laughs> he does go nuts in that movie quite a bit, too. <laughs> it just, he feels so out of place in this movie. Yeah. Because even though it is very odd and very surreal and strange, yeah. it is grounded in a lot of reality as well. It's a very New York movie, too. Yeah. But then you get this one character who's just like, what? <laughs> the scene in particular is when he... That's the one thing I do not like. When he falls out of the car. Yeah. And he gets fucking wrecked. 
Yeah. And they got him in the hospital. And the chiropractor's name's Louie, I think. Yeah. Is He just shows up and he's just like, where's he at? Where? Where's he at? What have you done to him? I'm his chiropractor. <laughs> Where the fuck is Jacob Singer? Yeah. Where's Jacob Singer? And he's like, I will fix him. And he like he's, just Look at this his... barbaric <laughs> form of medicine. It's Crack. like. He's fixed. Walk. <laughs> I'm like, what? No, 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 that no, works. no. But again, if anything, you know, I, you know, I think chiropractors can be very beneficial. Oh yeah. But there's also people that are like, ah, it's bullshit medicine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not an officially licensed form of medicine yeah. per se. But it's like, it's like the writer of the movie was like, I really like chiropractic. <laughs> yeah. I use chiropractors all the time. This is the, this is the future. This is the new wave. Yeah. Right here, buddy. This is gonna save the world. <laughs> I'm gonna write this into this movie. <laughs> but also, you very much should be a part of like. Because it's nightmare logic and at the same time because it's like there's so much in this movie that's like that does make sense mm-hmm. but there's also so much that doesn't. Yeah. Because I think it does play within the idea like because the whole tagline's like oh you know Jacob Singer's having nightmares but he's not asleep. Yeah. So the whole thing is like it just could be all in all, all this stuff is happening in his head. Yeah. So maybe you he's just crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah, maybe he's just losing his shit, and some sure. stuff is not happening. And that, and that's why I say I think the movie like ties itself too neatly in a bow at the end. Of the movie. Yeah, because like once the final credits roll, I was just like, oh well, mm. that's why. <laughs> you know, like Again, I remember watching this movie many years ago. I do not remember this ending. Yeah, yeah, I do not remember the ending. Which I'm not going to go into it. In which depth. I don't love. Like, not, I, not necessarily the ending. I remember the very end, but I don't remember the lead up. Yeah, it. that's what I don't like. The yeah. very ending I'm, I'm fine with. I think yeah. it's actually really interesting. But, like, the lead up to it, like, this, like, whole, like, final, I don't know, five minutes yeah. or so in the movie, it just feels really, like, really sweet mm-hmm. and out of place. Because considering the movie is very gritty and... and, and uh, downtrodden. Yeah, you get this like almost like whimsical esque. Which you don't like whimsical stuff. Really. Not really. Um, and speaking of whimsical, McCulkin is in this. Yeah, <laughs> McCulloch Culkin, which I like McCulloch Culkin. It was cool. It was cool to see. Yeah, him in this. it was like his first like he, big role. You know, he does, he does a very good job. He's a it. good actor for a kid, man. Yeah. He really was. I could see why he got a lot of roles. Yeah, Home Alone Two. He's not the best, but I like Home Alone Two. It's not I do just too. Home Alone, but, but he's not as natural in no, Home Alone Two. No, no, no. But he's well, also he's also trying to like. Act natural in a film where it's like we lost him again. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like it's well, already it's such that a... too, and he became a fucking superstar. Yeah, after the first Home Alone. Here we are reviewing Home Alone. Huh? Here we are reviewing yeah, Home well, Alone yeah. on uh, Sick on Cinema. <laughs> Hell, like if you think about like what happened to those motherfuckers, uh, yeah, he, he would have fucking murdered a lot of people. If <laughs> he killed them. He, he killed, killed the web them. He killed the web. <laughs> the second one, he fucking legit tries to kill him. He does. Yeah, he's, he's a like, maniac. Fuck him. He's a sociopath, man. He really is. <laughs> Kevin McLeod is it Kevin. No, it's Kevin, Kevin McAllister. Yeah, McAllister yeah. is uh, is a sociopath. <laughs> he very much is, but I mean, I mean, people are trying to rob the place. Yeah. Anyway, back to fucking Jacob's ladder. Another aspect of this movie I don't love. Okay. I think Tim Robbins does a really good job as Jacob Singer. Yeah. And this is gonna be such a weird criticism. Okay. Because I brought this almost exact same criticism for a character in another movie we did just recently. Okay. Uh, I hate his laugh. Yeah. Hate it. I don't know if I hate it as much as I hated Varg Vickerness's laugh in uh, Words of Chaos. Uh, uh, no. But I really hate his laugh. The opening of this movie. Yeah. He's in the bushes, I guess, taking a dump or he, he, he pissing or something. I, I I thought he was shitting. Whatever. And he's like coming back and they're like, You taking a shit again, Jacob? And he's like, 
Oh, that didn't bother. His life didn't bother me. Actually, you take a shit every few seconds, don't you, Jacob? <laughs> <laughs> you must have been over there jerking off, Jacob. <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> his life actually didn't bother me that much. I hated it, dude. Where Varg's laugh in, <laughs> he was just at Rollins, though. <laughs> Which I forgot how bad his laugh was until I rewatched it. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Why is his laugh so fucking bad in this? <laughs> Beans. Um, <laughs> you just derailed us. I know I did. Uh, but yeah, you, you brought it up. I did. I, I did. It. I'm sorry. I had to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I really despise his laugh. I mean, that really... opening sequence was killing me. Yeah. Because he wasn't saying anything. He just walks toward him and they would say something. Yeah. And he'd go, <laughs> well, he does say something. Finally. <laughs> It takes him like five minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this scene? It's weird. <laughs> the scene when it happens, it does make me laugh though, because it's like, why don't you come over here and jerk me off? I'm asking you nicely, please. And it's like, I ain't got a pair of tweezers. tweezers it's yeah. like, ah, I got his ass. <laughs> that was good. That was good. And then shit goes wrong. I actually think the best actor in the movie oh, is the the guy who stares off into the distance when everything starts going yeah. down. And then who shows up in the bar. Yeah, dude. Which I think he's in uh, that um, Cusack movie, Identity. Like, he has yeah. his eyes that, like, twitch. Yeah. Oh, he's great, dude. He's such a good actor. I, I need to watch that. But Ultimately, I think Jacob's Ladder is a very, very solid horror thriller from the 90s. Yeah. I don't like it as much as you do, but I do think it's really good. I, think I would highly good. recommend it. Um, it's, it very much plays in the, uh, I would almost describe it as, not, not as wild as David Lynch's moves, uh, movies. No, it's, it's David Lynch lot. It's Lynchian. It is Lynchian. I'd like to say, I think it's David Lynch lot. Yeah. Or possibly alter lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it's very surreal and it's very much a mindfuck of a movie because you don't know exactly what's going on at certain times and then it kind of corrects itself. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, wait, hang on. And I did think, too, that it was kind of crazy that it was 1990. Yeah. Because it feels so 90s. Yeah. Like, it almost feels like, like, a, like a fucking, um, like a trendsetter in a way. Yeah. Like, it, like, set the tone for the decade almost. Like yeah. Like, what the really. movies would look like. And also, like, with this and the movie we're talking about, uh, well, both of them, both of them, not very long after the actual events, the real events took place. Yeah. Like, for example, like Jacob's Ladder came out in 1990. Mm-hmm. Vietnam ended like 74 or something like that. Yeah. So it's like, that's already like not too long no. afterwards. And like, same, like Full Moon Jack is 87, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. But there, I mean, shit, there was Vietnam movies. Oh, well, yeah. As Vietnam was still going on. Oh, yeah. I mean, forced entry. Yeah. It's weird. It is weird, right? Yeah. I think Force Injuries like is like the first. That's wild. Like use Vietnam as like a backdrop for a film. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Use <laughs> for a porn. Hmm? <laughs> but uh <laughs> That is weird. But yeah, but when we also when we talk about solo, like like Pasolini definitely saw people who did awful shit. Yeah, for sure. And had to see them come home and live normal lives again. <laughs> yeah. Which definitely inspired oh, this movie. Oh, for sure. So, well, well, inspired Solo, not this movie. No, no, no. But, um, but yeah. I, I, I don't know. It's very it's very interesting how they take the real-life backdrops and incorporate them into these movies. Mm-hmm. 
And then, like, this is, it really is like an allegory for PTSD. Yes, very much so. Is, which I think is very interesting. That's why I don't like, that's another reason why I really don't like the uh, testing story arc. Yeah. Because it, like, takes away from that. It does, but at the same time, I feel like it kind of plays into it a bit, too. Because, like, maybe PTSD, like, kind of triggers these things. Mm. These, like, paranoias in a way. Yeah, like, these that hallucinations. That does make sense. Yeah. I get that. Um, I don't know. I think it's a very solid movie. I like it a lot. I, I, I do think it's really good. Like I said, I just don't think I like it as much as you do. Yeah. I think it's it's definitely got some flaws. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do think it is just a very good movie. Yeah, it is a really good movie. Um. But yeah, I, I I don't know what else to say about it right now. Do you check it out? I think. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, pick up pick up the DVD, Blu-ray, whatever, or check it out on streaming. Of yeah, course. it's somewhere. I'm assuming. I mean, got on Voodoo. We got a Voodoo. Cheap. Yeah. Well, I think it's I think it's on Pluto. Pluto. Yeah. Which I think we found that out on accident, right? We bought it. Too. <laughs> like, well, shit. Yeah, shit. It's all good though. So next up. From 1987, we're moving back a little bit. Back yes. in time, just a little bit. Just a couple of years. We're reviewing a movie by arguably one of the greatest, if not the greatest filmmaker of all time. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, yeah. which is weird. Which will not be the only time he's ever talked about in the no, show. No, sure not, which is crazy. And there's probably at least two more movies that we, of his that we could definitely talk about. Mm. Insane. Uh, which, uh, Clockwork Orange mm. and uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Eyes Wide Shut. But... This is Full Metal Jacket. Oh, boy. Yeah. This movie is a fucking masterpiece. It really is. I mean, like, what else can you say about it? We're just going to move on. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think about it. It's like, what can I say about Full Metal Jacket that hasn't been said before? I mean, this is a film that, like, scholars have wrote about. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, there are, like, like doctorates who write thesis is about this movie and my dumb ass is gonna have to sit here and try to talk about it <laughs> I mean, the thing is like shit solo has a whole fucking booklet that comes with the movie yeah it's true it's insane right it's it's crazy it is crazy so essentially what we have here for male jacket if you don't know yeah <laughs> if you've never seen it we follow private joker yeah from his time in boot camp to his time as a journalist in Vietnam. Yeah. And the movie kind of plays out as though this is his writings. Like yeah. He's telling his story in some kind of memoir Yeah, kind of thing. That's how the film is kind of laid out. Even though I do think the voiceover narration that kind of guides us is sparse. Yeah. And at times you kind of forget that is what's guiding us through this. Yes. It still works. Yeah. So we, we begin a boot camp, and we have uh, his platoon... Um, or his class, whatever you want to say. Uh, I, I think class is a better. Uh, I think it's. I, th- I think they said it was like Charlie Company, something like that. Yeah, his company, or training and getting groomed <laughs> <laughs> to be ready to go to Vietnam. They're they're getting they're preparing for war. Yeah, and their drill sergeant, played by Arlie Ermey, is a Holy motherfucker. Sh- yeah, dude. <laughs> he also gives the performance of a lifetime. Oh. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like you're not gonna find somebody who portrays a drill sergeant more believable. Because he was a drill sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> and though this film could not be made nowadays. And, Probably not. And has a lot of problematic language. Yeah. It's also extremely realistic. Yeah. And really shows, like, what these people go through before they ever even step foot in the battlefield. Drill sergeants are made to break you down into a killing machine. Yeah. To take out your, uh, any of your ego. Yeah. Your, uh... Any, he- any like, uh, dignity. They try to wipe you of all personality. Basically. To, to make you just a soldier. Yeah. 
that's their goal is to turn you into a perfect soldier. Yeah. And they, you know, he's training his squadron there, but there's one um, soldier in particular. Yeah. Who's not the best? Yeah. He seems um, to be a little slow. Yeah. He's a little hefty. Yeah. He's played absolutely fucking brilliantly by Vince D'Onofrio. Yeah. And they call him, uh, was it Private Pile? Private Pile. Yeah. Gomer Pile. Gomer Pile. <laughs> and uh, they keep pushing him and pushing him and pushing him until People's Mikey brought it up. Yeah. He eventually snaps, shoots Arlie Army's Arlie character. Army and kills himself. And that's when we transition into Private Joker's time in Vietnam. Yeah. And pretty much from there on, you follow him uh, as originally just a photographer for the war. He's a writer. Writer. And he's with a photographer. Yeah, he's with a photographer. He's a writer. He's a journalist for the you know what's going on in the battlefield. The Stars and Stripes is what yeah. it's called. And he decided he's sent to uh, you know where the combat is happening. Yeah. Which is that's a fucked up part of it too, where like he pisses off the head of the paper, so he kind of sends him to the worst yeah part of Vietnam. It's like, damn, that's kind of fucked up. You know what I mean? That like he can just like snap a finger. All right, you're in the shit now. You know, yeah. <laughs> like you you could be dead. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the plot. I mean, like, and there's other things that happen, but we don't want to spoil shit. No. So yeah, that's the plot of Full Metal Jacket. I mean, pff, this movie's a fucking absolute master class of filmmaking. Yeah. It's amazing what he pulled off. The fucking shots in this movie are gorgeous. Gorgeous. The transitions, the editing, the music, the acting, everything about this film is on point. And there's so many like stylistic shots too cuz there's points where like they're following the uh the soldiers through and like every little bit gets cut off by like a pillar. Yeah. And I I, I don't know I don't know why that stuck with me, really, mm-hmm. but it's just very unique. Because normally you would want to follow every single movement, where this you get briefly cut off and you don't know what could happen. Yeah, and like you know, he eventually Joker kind of meets up with his squadron that he's writing about, and like you get to know the characters super quick, and it shows how good the writer of this film was, and that you kind of get who everybody is like that. Well, would you like to know something? Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley Cooper helped write, help wrote this. Well, I knew that. Yeah, <laughs> there was a writer of the movie. You know, like he didn't just write it. <laughs> well, yeah, he, I want to give the writer some credit too. Well, he Kubrick and an, another guy. I don't remember his name off my head. Yeah, but they wrote it together. Like you get, like so. you get to know these people like so fast. Like where I was talking about, like Jacob's Ladder. You know, you, there's no connection between the characters here. They feel like a unit. Yes. You know, and like you, you grow to like the characters. Some of them, and some of them you don't like. You know, which is like just real life. Just real life. And like Kubrick is so unbeholden to these characters that like they're gone so unceremoniously. Yep. Like it just happens, and you're just like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like for instance, one of them goes to pick up a stuffed animal, and boom, gone. Yep. Out of the movie. Which, uh, it's very realistic. Very realistic, you know what I mean? Like, you know, in war, you don't know who's who's next. And, like, you find out that Kubrick shot this in fucking London. Yeah. And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> shot it in London, which it does not look like London. No, apparently Kubrick was like, I ain't shooting anything that I can't shoot 10 minutes from my house. That's <laughs> <laughs> wild. And, like, he made Vietnam in, like, an abandoned gas place. It's crazy. Like, I, I, they didn't really say station. I can't remember exactly what they were calling it. It wasn't like a gas station, but it was like a gas place kind yeah. of thing. But he built fucking Vietnam there. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? How did, like, how do you even think of doing that, you know? I don't know. He's uh, He was such a meticulous director. He really was. 
like he did so much shit to get what he wanted to be presented on screen. I mean, like it's subjective, you know, who the best director of all time is, kind of thing. And Stanley Kubrick isn't my favorite director. My favorite director is Takashi Miike. Yeah. But critically speaking, you could definitely make the argument that Stanley Kubrick was the best director of all time. I mean, he directed one of my favorite movies. Mine too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I fucking love The Shining. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I mean, in reality, he shot three of my favorite movies. Yeah. Clockwork Orange, The Shining, and Full Metal Jacket. I lo- yeah, they're so good. Though I think Full Metal Jacket may be my favorite Stanley Kubrick film. This movie is so fucking good. It's yeah. fucking incredible. Like, it really is. It's emotional. It can be really funny at times. It's very fucked up at times. Yeah. It, and it just... it It's an unflinching look at not just Vietnam, but war in general. Well, I remember watching this because I was in school. I was in JRTC class. Yes. And they played this. And I remember at the time, like, I was like, oh, it's a very good movie. Mm-hmm. That's all I really thought about it. Yeah. It's just a very solid war movie. And when you, again, like Jacob's Ladder, you brought it up. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll do it. And then we re- you rewatch it, and you're like, yeah, this is super dark. Very. It's super fucked up. Very disturbing. Um, And, like, it's got so much interesting things in it, too, because, like, you know, I think Joker represents, like, the dichotomy of not just man, but a soldier. Yeah. You know, because he has the, on his vest, he has the, the peace sign pin. Yeah. And then on his helmet, he has written, born to kill. Yeah. And it's like, in the movie, they make a joke about it. It's like, oh, it's a, I was the dichotomy of man kind of thing. But I think yeah. that represents, like, what a soldier is, and especially his character. Yeah. Because uh, Joker, as a character, wants to be hard. Yeah. He wants to be the, the killing machine, kind of like Animal Mother is in the yeah. movie. You know, he wants to be that guy. But, but in he reality, he doesn't like that guy. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't want to be that guy. He doesn't want to be that guy. You know? And... Essentially, throughout the movie, just gets scarred for life. Pretty much, yeah. And like you know, the boot camp stuff shows like, you know, in in a non biased way, you know, it's not saying hey, this is wrong. Yeah. But it definitely showing that like they're there to break down your ego and your id. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're basically there to wipe you clean and make you a clean slate, mm-hmm. slate, and turn you into what they want you to be. Oh, uh, definitely. And that's disturbing. That's fucked up. It's crazy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is it a, is it appropriate? Is it necessary? That's up for debate. You know what I mean? This movie also does touch pretty close to home Mm -hmm. because um, your father and my grandfather um, was a Vietnam vet. Yes, he fought in Vietnam. And I talked to him about, you know, Full Metal Jacket, and he said, yeah, the whole wiping wiping your slate clean is real. Yeah. That's exactly what they do. Yeah, it's about breaking you down. It's about tearing away what makes you you, basically. And to to them, you're a number. You're a number. It's literally like if if you wanted to eat, you had to remember your number. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't, you didn't eat that day. Which is already in itself, it's like they're they're not you're not a human to them anymore. There's so there's so many poignant lines that are just kind of said in passing. Yeah. Like for instance, when early army is like, you know, you may not you may not come home. Yeah. But when you're a marine, you're always a marine. Yeah. And the Marine Corps will always be here. Yeah. So in that case, you never die. You will live forever. Yeah. You know, and that's such a poignant line because it's just like, you know, you are, you're a soldier for life. Yes. <laughs> you know, like that's not something you get to just turn off. Nope. You know, that that's forever. Yeah, this is going to be in you for the rest of your life. Yeah. You don't just walk away from it and that's it. Yeah, you don't walk away from a war okay. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you don't walk away from a war and you're like... You know, I'm fine now. You don't get no. to walk away from boot camp the same. No, you just you're never the same again. That's it. You know what I mean? Again, it's like one of my one of my very close friends went to boot camp, and he was supposed to go off 
to war, but it, when he, he, I mean, he he was sent home. Yeah, he was uh, honorably discharged. Mm-hmm. But I remember after he came back originally, he was fucked up. Yeah, because they that's what they do. Him, they he, fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> I legitimately remember him talking to me. Uh, you know, he was very upset about it. But he talked about people in his in his platoon trying to kill themselves mm-hmm. because they don't want to be in this anymore. Yep, they can't handle it. This shit is real. Oh yeah, it's man. fucked up. And again, like, is it necessary? Is it moral? That's a debate for another day. War isn't moral. Though. That's the thing. Yeah, you know that that's a debate for another day. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, the thing is, like, it's weird that w- war has morals. But war is the most unmoral thing you can do. Yeah. You're taking someone's life for what? Yeah. Especially Vietnam. Yeah. And like, like the whole ending, which are, you know, minor spoilers, because I'm pretty sure everybody's seen Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. You know, the sniper that they have to gun down is like a 15-year-old little girl. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. You know, like... Vietnam, like, Vietnam's one of the worst wars we've ever been involved in. War? Is hell. Yeah, war is fucking hell. And that's what this movie shows better than anything. Oh, yeah. You know, and like, people's Mikey brought it up again. The whole scene at the end of the movie when they're marching, M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. And you're like, why are they chanting, you know, why are they doing Mickey Mouse? Like, why are they chanting Mickey Mouse? And I was like, to me, what that scene represents is like, that's them going back to what was taken from them. Because, you know, yeah, I think about Vietnam. Most people in Vietnam were, you know, drafted 16, 17, 18 years old, you know. Their childhood was basically the the end of their childhood was tore away from them. Yeah, they were forced to be men immediately. Yeah, forced to adulthood immediately. This was them like taking back that one thing that was taken from them. Yeah, in that moment, you know, and, and like to end with the line that Paul says before he ki- before he kills uh, the the drill sergeant himself, yeah. where he's like, "I am in a world of shit." Hmm. And I'm not afraid. You know, that yeah. is such a good, poignant line to end that movie on. Oh, yeah. It's a fucking, oh, it's brilliant, man. It's just a brilliant movie. Oh, definitely. Like I said, could not be made nowadays, though. <laughs> yeah. There's so much problematic, like, language and stuff in this film that's just like, but it's just reality, man. You know, like, yeah. some people aren't good people, man. <laughs> you know, they don't say some fucked up shit. Yeah, you know? and also, you think about this, too. The movie is supposed to take place in, like, 1960-something, 1970. Yeah. Very different time. Very different time. And also, the movie was made in 87. Very different time from our own now. Yeah. And also, on top of that, like, again, it's like, you know, Pat talked about that. He's like, they do shit like that because they don't want you to think about that shit. Yeah. You're no longer a human yep, yep, in, yep. The, in the military's eyes. And they want you to be a machine that's sent up to the battlefield and do their work. Yeah, exactly. And also, it's just like, you know... These people are, you know, like, like I said, they're like forced into manhood. Yeah. But they're still like kids, basically. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know. Oh, definitely. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else you can say about Fumel Jacket, man. It really is just a masterpiece. It is. It's it's one of the greatest movies ever made, in my opinion. From the writing to the filmmaking to yeah. the score, the score, the story, it's so fucking good. Everything about it is uh, is fucking incredible. Um, again, if you haven't seen it, go do yourself a favor oh, and yeah. pick it up. Yep. Or just watch it, whatever. Hey, watch it, yeah. However you want to watch it, watch it. Because it's, yeah. it's well worth your time. It's a fucking incredible film. And you, you have a very good edition of yeah, it, Yeah, I got the steelbook. Yeah. It's really nice. It's on it 4K nice. now, too, if you, if you have 4K. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. Also, like, going back to Arlie Army for a second, so fucking good. Yeah. He nails it. He kills that character. He really does. Um, 
again, there isn't a bad actor in this movie oh, either. Everybody's fucking great. They're all very realistic. Mm-hmm. Matthew Modine as Private Joker, Vincent yeah. Ofrio as Paul. It, another thing about this film too that like I think is very interesting that we didn't really bring up is like you only hear their names one time in the film. Yeah. And after that, they're only known by their nicknames. They're they're almost like their code names. Yep. Which I'm like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. Yeah. Because that the person who came in isn't that same the person, person that's coming out. Yeah. You know, he went in one person, but now he's Private Joker. Yeah. Now he's someone completely different. Mm-hmm. While trying to maintain who he was before, but it's just not possible. Not anymore. possible. Not impossible while you're getting shot at. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, there's so many memorable scenes, so many great moments. What the fuck is that? Yeah, what, what the fuck is that? Mm-hmm. It's a jelly donut. Holy Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck is that? The 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 soap and the sock scene. Yeah. It's also a movie that's been memed to death. Dude. It really has, which is crazy because it's such a fucking fucked up movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, all the boot camp stuff, like, there's so much stuff in that that's been memed to death. Mm-hmm. Like, how many times have you seen the Warface, like, yep. video online? Or how many times have you seen, like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. I mean, all that stuff is, like, it's in meme culture now. It's pop culture film. It really is. Yeah. But people, like, you know, they kind of forget how powerful of a yeah. movie it is. And that's this, why, like you said, like, I suggested it for the podcast. You initially were like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, nah, man, that movie's got some moments, you know? Yeah. Th- this movie is very much Americana. It's real. Yeah, you know, this is real war. Yep, and with Kubrick, sometimes it was real war. Yeah, a, dude, he was a fucking crazy person. <laughs> he was again meticulous, very meticulous. O- OCD. Yeah, there was about a, what there was a movie today. where he shot over people's heads to get yeah. the proper reaction. <laughs> Insanity, insanity. But um, yeah, Kubrick is an amazing filmmaker. He's directed some of the best movies ever fucking made. Yeah, and this one is definitely one of them. Yep. Agreed. But time for one more film, our final film of the day, the main event, if you will. The the big one. The heavy hitter of the episode. The the reason the episode exists. Which is crazy to say that this is the heavy hitter over the other two, but yeah. it is. And it's a film that like not too long ago we were asked about, like, hey, why haven't you covered Solid 120 Days of Sodom? Well, the, no reason in particular. We were just saving it because like we don't want to run through all the big ones. Yeah. Because once you do, they're gone. You know what I mean? Which one day we will run out of the big ones, I feel like. But, oh, well, for sure. But, you yeah. know. There will always be movies to review. Oh, ab- absolutely. Every fucking week it feels like there's a new movie being dropped that's fucked up. Yep. I mean, Jonathan Doe just released, is about to release one. The Degenerates. Yeah, so. So from 1975. Yep. Pierre Pasolini. About this fucking <laughs> monstrosity this of alleg- hell. <laughs> this allegory for fascism and... Government. <laughs> yeah. We have Solo, or the 120 Days of Sodom. So, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Here um, we go. So, when you take a real-life situation, mm-hmm. such as, you know, the it, the Italians during World War II, the Axis powers. The Axis powers, yes. The fascist and, government of Mussolini. Yeah. And you combine that with a book... By Marquis de Sade. Marquis de Sade. You're guaranteed to get something that's fucking vile. Yes. And I don't know if you're going to get a movie, for say, that is as disgusting, mm-hmm. yet as beautiful as this movie is. Yeah. So essentially your plot of Solo is you have these four fascist libertarians, or libertines. Yeah. Libertines? Libertines. Uh, just call them Nazis. <laughs> 
that's what they are. Yes, but they weren't. <laughs> they weren't a part of the Nazi party. Fair enough. They were their own thing. Fascists. These four fascists um, who decide to partake in a trip of pure debauchery. An orgy of depravity. To just embrace every sin they've ever wanted to embrace. Yep. So what they do is they choose, was it, how many kids did they choose? It's like four apiece, right? No. Four girls, four guys, right? Nine. Nine apiece? Yeah. Okay. It's not nine boys, nine girls. A piece. Yep. Uh, take them to this villa in Salo, yeah. which is where it's located. That's why it's called Salo. Yeah. It's and a city in Italy. Correct? Yes. Yeah. And they have a set group of rules that the uh, captives must go by. Yeah. And they basically, for 120 days, act out every depraved fantasy they ever had. Yep. And the film is kind of structured in the way where it's like, they go into this room, and they have a storyteller. Yeah. Who usually tells some kind of vile, disgusting, immoral <sighs> tale. And so it's that kind of... even being groomed. Yeah. As a kid, it's like, God. And, uh... After that, each segment is like the story kind of dictates what is going to be done. Yeah. In the oncoming scenes. <laughs> yeah. And that's essentially the plot of Solo the 120 Days of Sodom. Which it's it's very unique because it almost plays in the, uh, I forget the, the name of it, but it's like the seven circles of hell. Mm-hmm. But, but it's not seven circles. It's three. It's, it's three. There's the, there's the, I forget what the first one's called. Yeah, I can't remember what it's called either. There's the circle of shit. And the circle of blood. Yeah. But it very much plays on like that kind of ideology as well. But each of the storytellers and like what they tell their stories about really like encompasses what that section of the film is going to be about. Like well, the yeah. first one's all about like, you know, having sex at a young age. Yeah. And, you know, everything is about, you know, molestation of these Children, yeah, that they have taken with them, which is something that a lot of people when don't think about with this movie is yeah. like, even though I'm pretty sure they're all, 18, yeah, all the actors were of yeah. age, but they're supposed to be playing very much younger roles. Yes, the second actor, uh, the second storyteller, actor, well, he was an actor, yeah, but the second storyteller is all about <laughs> shit, yeah, which will matter. That section's all about bodily fluids. I it was the same person, no. Okay. Different storyteller each time. Okay. That is all about asses and defecation and a fucking uh, expulsion of bodily bodily fluids. fluids. (laughs) And then the last storyteller is all about BDSM and torture. Torture and death. And violence. Yeah. And that's Sadism. Sadism, yep. And that's where the um, film picks up a more violent... Yeah. Graphic, brutal ending. <laughs> yeah. No happy ending to be had. No. So, Solo, the 120 Days of Sodom. Yeah. I guess the first thing I want to talk about is like, it's definitely a film with a message. Yes. It is definitely a film all about what happens when a government stops serving the people and becomes completely self-serving. Yes. And de- literally devours the poor. Yeah. You know, in the middle class. That's like that's what the film is about because it's all about like, you know, like you said, Pierre Pasolini saw people under Mussolini. Yeah. And like how fucked that that was and like 
you know how horrible that they had was. Th- these people had to like they had they went off to to war mm. and went off to do all kinds of awful shit under Mussolini's rule just to come back home and be like well time to go to find a job yep <laughs> we're a democracy now yeah <laughs> you know like and it's very mu- it's very much about like what happens when a government is unchecked yeah what it's, happens when a group of people are unchecked and when they have as much power over a group of people as they want. Because, like, ultimately, like, the film does not play in, like, reality. Not necessarily. It's not what I would call a realistic movie. It's very fantastical. And there's a lot of reasons I say that. Like, you look at, like, just the decor of the the, the uh, villa yeah. they go to. Like, all the rooms are fucking ten feet high. Yeah. All the doorways are, like... Nine feet high, you know. Everything yeah. is huge and blown out of proportion, almost like something out of like a fairy tale. Yeah, you know, the film has this dreamlike atmosphere to it. It does nightmare, <laughs> nightmare. Yeah, you know, probably more nightmare than dream. All but... the characters speak in a like high elevated language. Yeah, you know, like they're not like just like, "Hey, Jim, how are you today?" Like everything, they're always waxing poetical. Yeah, about like their philosophies and things like that. You know, um. But at the same time, it does very much play in reality because it's very much based upon events that occurred in our world. For sure. And probably still are. I mean, for sure. I mean, like, Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, exactly. He lived solo. Again, like, I wrote this down in my notes, but it's like, events that are happening, that happened in this movie are still happening today, whether it be in some creep's basement Mm -hmm. or someone with a bunch of money and power with their buddies doing all kinds of fucked up shit yeah. to people. This is something that is happening. Mm-hmm. Maybe not in the grandiose scale of Solo, or maybe not as far into the depraved as Solo, but someone is doing this shit right now. Yeah. And, like, it's so interesting, too, because, like, Pasolini was, like, a very masterful director. Oh, yeah. Like, his eye and his vision is strong. Like he, It really is. He really, like, uh, portrays, like, a nightmare world. And does it in a, such a strong way. Like, he's very good at what he does. And then you also add on top of that, like, the score by Eno Morricone. Yeah. You know, and it's like, you got this really, like, classy exterior. Yeah. But when you dig in, yeah, it's got some of the most depraved, awful, fucked up shit you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, this film, like, is, it pulls nose punches to tell its story. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it is... It shows you everything. Everything. And it's heinous, and it's dark, and it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a fucking nightmare of a movie. It's not a fun watch. No. Not at all. <laughs> you will not have a good time. No. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. <laughs> it's not a good time. No. Solo is not a fun fucking movie. It is an excellent movie, though. It is... In my opinion, like I do have some problems with Solo. I do as well. We'll get into that. Yeah. But it is a fucking masterpiece at the end of the day. It is. I, I Definitely. And it definitely makes me want to watch more Pasolini films. Absolutely. Because I, I feel like he is a fucking fantastic director. Yeah. And the performances are strong, even though some of those guys never really did nothing else. Yeah. Which is interesting, because like, I thought all four of them were fucking despicable and deplorable Evil. and fucking brilliant. Yeah. performances, you know what I mean? And, like, the, the storytellers, like, could you imagine her remember all that? That'd be tough. Because there's moments where they're on screen just speaking. And, of course, that's more added to the, like, the, the nightmare logic of the film that I'm getting at. Yeah. These, like, like, she'll be like, and when I was seven, 
he took me into the room and undressed me. And he was like, what in the fuck is this? Yeah. This isn't real. These people aren't real. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) these people are all fucking crazy. But it is. You know, it is, but it isn't kind of thing. These people are all fucking sick. (laughs) You're all fucking Fucking sick. We're all fucking sick. (laughs) (laughs) But, like, one of my biggest problems with films is how repetitious the film is. Where do you think your ass is going, Clarice? <laughs> God, Sorry. Every episode, the cat goes roaming. God, am I? You go into the damn kitchen to go look for a mouse or something. <laughs> anyway. But, like, the film is very repetitious. Yes. You go to the room. You get the story. Something fucked up happens. You go to the room. You get the story. Something fucked up happens. But I don't think that's where... My flaw, like the flaws I have with the movie, come in really. No, I think that plays into the movie itself because it, it's very much, you know, a showcase of what these people are having to go through. Yeah, they're being forced to do all this shit. They're being forced in situations they should never have to experience, and we have to sit along and watch every single day meticulously. Yeah. I so, agree with that. I think it's very much a showcase of that. And I do think it too, it adds to like the fucked up nature of the movie where the only relief they really get yeah. are these moments in this room listening to these fucked up tales. Yeah, and that's not any better. <laughs> not really, no. <laughs> no. You don't hear about, you know, this woman talking about how she was seven years old and some guy raped her. Yeah. And ugh, it's fucking horrific. It's very fucked up. Like, the story is almost made me sick to my stomach more than some of the visuals did. <laughs> Except for the, the circle of shit. Yeah. When they when they uh they removed the, the cloche. Yeah. I was like, God damn, that's gross. <laughs> yeah. That's fucking gross. The scene one of the scenes that bothers me the most is when the girl is crying about her mom. Yeah. And then he's like, I haven't been this excited in a long time. He's basically like it makes me hard. Yeah. <laughs> and he takes a shit on the floor. He sure does. He's like, come here. Eat it. He's just screaming at her. Eat it. Yeah. Eat it. And so it's just like, this is fucking terrible. Pisha. Pisha. Yeah. It's fucking horrific. Telling somebody to piss in Italian is intense. Yeah. Pisha. 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 <laughs> but like, so that to me is, it's a little too repetitive. And also, you never really get to know the captives. That's my problem with the movie. You, we really should have spent some time with them to kind of get to know yeah. who they were, to establish some characters, to build some relationships, to yeah. understand what they're going through a little better. And I think that would have made the film even more poignant, even. It could have made it even more fucked up. There is one relationship in the movie that is very well documented, though. It's well documented, but it's not well developed. Yeah. It, it just happens. Yeah, where one of the captives falls in love with one of the guys. Mm-hmm. And they love each other. At least you assume. Yeah, maybe. And then they just kill him. Yeah. It's like, well. And there's the laser to angle, too. Yeah. But again, shown, not developed, though. It should, we should have had more time with the captives in the movie. Yeah. Which that, like, it would have definitely made it more disturbing. But at the same time. Yeah, if we knew who these people were, we could build an emotional bond with them. Yeah. We but, don't get that in this movie. No, we don't. But Is may- it necessary? I don't know. You know what I mean? Because, like. Was I that, don't. Uh, Pasolini is. He seems like such a masterful like director. Yeah. That it feels like this is his vision. Like it's yes. not compromised in any way. This is the film he meant to give us. Oh, absolutely. So it's hard to like sit here and be like, "Well, you're wrong." <laughs> you oh, know. No. But like to me personally, that's a personal preference. Yeah. To me personally, it would have worked better had we got to know who these people were and maybe like 
grow to like some of them. Yeah. You know what I mean? So when something bad happens to him, you really get a punch. Yeah. Very much like what Kubrick does in Full Metal Jacket. Or, yeah, for sure. But this this movie is very much the definition of transgressive cinema. Yeah. This is as, like, this pulls no punches. No. It It's like you're in for a bad time. Mm-hmm. This is this is depravity. This oh, is yeah. borderline pornographic at times. Mm-hmm. But you're going to watch this and you're going to either like it or not. Yeah. I don't care what you feel about this what what you feel about this movie by the by the time it's over. This is my vision mm-hmm. and this is the story I'm wanting to tell. Yeah, I'm going to tell my tale. Yeah. I'm going to give you this film the exact way I meant for it to be. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck. If you like that or not. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like, I don't give a fuck if it bothers you. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's meant to. You're, it's meant to fuck with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, th- that's, I mean, it's all always very much what this whole show is about. Really is, yeah. You know, and, and to that point, it's like, you know, I, we've both been asked a bunch of times, what is the yeah. most disturbing movie ever made? What do you think the most disturbing movie ever made? I have always said Solo. Yeah. And I think, I still think that. And it's because, like, when you really think about the story of it, it's not just the the graphic nature and, and what happens within yeah. the movie. If you look at the story, it's about four men of power yeah. taking children. Yeah. You know, these are not adults. These are children. They're 15, 14 to 15 years old. Yeah. And subjecting them to 120 days of some of the worst, you know, physical, mental emotional, sexual, sexual horrors a person could go through. Yeah. That, to me, is one of the most gut-wrenching things Yeah, that could ever be covered Yeah, in a fucking movie. And honestly, a scene that, God, a scene that really bothers me is the scene where they're like, oh, let's see who has the, you know, the, the nicest-looking ass. Yeah. <laughs> And Best buttocks. Yeah, they they pick one of the boys. Mm. They pick him up, and they like whoever wins gets shot. Yeah, it's We're, over. I I I had to add a decree to this: whoever wins, we kill. <laughs> you're just like, holy shit! You but know? at the same time, you're like, well, at least you don't have to do this no more. Yeah. And then they pick him up, put a gun to his head, click. No, you don't get off that easy. <laughs> no. It's like, you really thought that was going to be it? Yeah, we get to choose when you die. <laughs> yeah. And, like, that's the interesting thing of it, too, because, like, all four of the guys, like, have, like, their own, like, levels of barbarism. Yeah. Like, the one with the mustache, like, he picks his guys off, like, nothing. Yes. He drops them dead. Yeah. Easily. The, uh, what's, what's, his, what's his, they call him? The Duke, I think? The Duke. Something like that. Yeah, the pre- he's the judge. The judge. And then you have El Presidente. Yeah. The, the, the President... And I don't remember what that well they're called, but mm. um, yeah, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's a nightmare of the movie, it really is. It's, like, it's a hell fucking on earth. bummer. Yeah, <laughs> like I said, like it's 120 days of just pure horror. Yeah, the worst and, a human could ever have to endure. Which I know you said like the repetitive nature hurts it for you. Just because I think it could have been broke up with some more interesting stuff. Yeah, I, I get that, but at the same time, I think that adds to it even. I, it, I can see that. I can agree with that because, it, it, again, it's, it's transgressive. It's mm. it's like you're going to, you're going to witness every single thing that's done to these poor kids. Yeah, and 
you have to sit through all these horrific stories that they're hearing. Mm-hmm. And you're having to witness all the depravity yourself. And just, just being glad that you're not in it. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like some of the kids sometimes like try to break the rules just to be offed. Yeah. Just to find that, like, oh, well, yeah, you're going to get off, but your name goes in this book. Yeah. And that decides how bad you get it. <laughs> Literally, there's only two people who were killed beforehand. Yeah. And it's a boy and a girl. One tries, the boy tries to run away, mm-hmm. get shot. Mm-hmm. And the girl gets her throat slit. Yeah. And it's like, the rest of you just have to deal with it. The one guy looks like Peter Laurie. Yeah. He's the one I found, like, he's, like, insane. Yeah. That dude is there to kill. Yeah. The sexual stuff, cool. Yeah. But he's ready for the death. And the president's all in the shit. <laughs> I hate that motherfucker and his beady life. His beady life, oh, son. I'd like to stop a butthole in his ass and it walk and dry. dry. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Bring a little levity to it. Yeah. He's a bastard. He's a fucking bastard. And fucking the, shit muncher. And the ending of this film... <laughs> <laughs> and the ending of this film is just like fucking, I don't know, man. Like it, it's it's one of the best, if you want to use that terminology, yeah. ending to one of these like disturbing, whatever yeah. you want to call them, because like the whole film is so open, it's so wide. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like every shot is like just these big grandiose rooms, mm. big hallways, large doors, and then the ending is all through these binoculars. Yep, you know, voyeuristic. You're. You are them now. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're looking through their eyes, which maybe like is a statement on like violence in film <laughs> in, yeah. in a way like, oh, you want to see it? Well, here you go. Watch it. Look through these binoculars. You watch it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's um, such an unsatisfying ending, but in a really good way. Yeah. It It is. Yeah. You see all of it just through a pair of binoculars, man. Yeah. Which I did not remember that. And the final shot of the film is like one of the most unsatisfying things. Oh, yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like right before it says Finn you're like really that's how we're gonna end this yeah but it works it's perfect absolutely um yeah this movie again schol- scholars out there have written about this movie oh yeah for sure they've said much better things about it than we could ever say yeah. <laughs> um again I know in a lot of people in the disturbing community they don't really like this person but Nick Spears Nick Spears uh May she wrote a very good review on it on Letterboxd. She didn't write the best review of it, though. What? <laughs> it's a very good review. I said that. But it wasn't fascism is where they eat the poo-poo. That's Based. the best review. <laughs> That's Based. the best review I've ever read of this movie. <laughs> but yeah, it's essentially just being like, it's very much a statement. Pretty much what we've, what we've said. Remember being mm-hmm. like, it's very much a statement on when power is unchecked. Yeah. When people have a, you know... Power that's unlimited to do whatever the fuck they want to people. Mm-hmm. This is what you get. It's also a film about escalation, too. Yeah. Like, it starts bad, but it only gets worse. Yeah, it only gets fucking worse. As it moves on, it only gets worse. Until you get that final shot before they start to murder. Yeah. Of, like, them all, like, crammed in this bathroom is what I think it is. Yeah. And, like, some of them are, like, literally in this, like, tub of shit. Yeah. Handcuffed together. And the one girl is like... Like, why, God? Why have you forsaken us? What, what, what? Yeah. It's like, where were you? Yeah, why'd you abandon us? Because we just went through hell. Yeah. Death is not a good enough escape for what we just went through. <laughs> it's haunting, man. It's a haunting fucking movie. It really is. It's infuriating. Yeah. It's frustrating. But it's meant to be. Yeah. You know, because all you want is their comeuppance. It's all you want. Not a whole movie. You just want them to get theirs. A movie I'd compare, like not not on like subject matter wise, but like 
how mad it makes you is funny games. Like funny games. Or yeah. like uh, Girl Next Door. Girl Next Door. Yeah. Where it's like oh. you just want them to get their comeuppance. Yeah. And it just doesn't happen. No. there's You, you don't get a happy ending with Solo. No, man. Because <laughs> when it comes to the shit like this, there is no happy ending. There was no happy ending. Again, it's like with you know real life situations like the Holocaust. There was not a happy ending. No, there. like it finally ended, but it doesn't change the fact those of what people happened. are the the people who witnessed that shit and had to sur- try to survive that shit are scarred for fucking life. Mm-hmm. With Solo though, you don't get a survivor. No, no one lives Mm-mm. besides the people who did it, and they go on with their lives. Well, <laughs> that was fun. It's all of 120 Days of Sodom. There it is. We finally covered it. Knocked it off the list. There'll probably be another, I don't know how long it's been since I watched that movie. It'll probably be another five or six years before I watch it again. Probably. Yeah, it's probably been about five years since I watched it, too. Five, five to six years, yeah. probably something like that. Because it's just not a movie you really want to put on all the time. Well, I remember I, the first time I watched it, because I was going down this rabbit hole of disturbing movies. And I, after I watched it, I was like, you know... I'll probably never watch this again. I watched like four or five times. <laughs> Damn. Don't look at me like that. Why you always gotta do this to me? Damn. You always gotta judge me. <laughs> like you're constantly times? giving me this like fucking like these eyes or something like what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> don't know. I still don't know how you can watch this four to five times. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just did, you know. I mean this I mean might be the last time I watch this unless I just really want to show someone this fucking movie, which mm. nice party there. <laughs> nice uh fucking Friendly get together there. <laughs> Come on over, guys. It's, I know it's Christmas and everything, but we're gonna watch Saw the 120 Days of Sodom. Yay! Yay! What's what's that? Oh boy! Ding 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 ding. ding. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Great soundtrack though. See no more going. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. I do love Solo. It's a fucking great movie. And the thing is too is like, it never fails to be powerful. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it forever will be powerful. Like, it'll go down in history, you know, as one of the most disturbing movies ever made. Oh, absolutely. If not the most disturbing movie ever made. And for anyone who's like, well, does this movie hold up? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, it's powerful. It will always hold its power. Is it relevant? Yes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein, he lived solo. He lived solo. Maybe minus shit. Yeah. Maybe. We don't know. Well, don't Probably. Probably, yeah. Sick bastard. Sick bastard. Sick bastard. I got a whole book on him over there that I haven't read because I don't want to dive into that rabbit hole right now. But it's like, here's how you know the film like holds up and has a power that will always be relevant and will always be there. That opening theme song yeah. stays in my head for days after I watch Solo. Yeah. It just hangs in there. It just like fucking implants itself in your mind. Mm-hmm. You, you don't wash Solo off in one go. No. It takes time to... Unwind from Solo. You know what it's I mean? a movie. After you watch it, you want to go bathe. Like to get Solo out of you, it takes days. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you sit there and you think about it for a long time to come. The only movie I compare to the brutality of Solo and how fucked up it is is Mortem. Mortem. Yeah, I agree. Because Mortem is, <laughs> Mortem is essentially Solo set in a basement. Pretty much. <laughs> it is a film that kind of matches its like tone of like pure depravity. You know yeah. what I mean? Like just fucking unadulterated evil. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it's a movie that, I mean, I'll probably end up revisiting again within a couple of years or something like that, but it's one I don't want to watch all the time. Yeah. It's a, it's a bleak look into... And you know me, I'm Captain Desensitized. Yeah. 
Yeah, you watch a lot of fucked up shit. I do. And sometimes you just watch that shit for fun. I do. I do. I do. But Solo is one that, like, it has always stayed with me. Oh, absolutely. Like, I'll never forget the first time I saw Solo and just <laughs> never feeling worse after a movie in my life. <laughs> like, yeah. once the credits rolled, I was just like, God damn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, God damn. Solo, like, <laughs> Solo is a movie that, like, definitely deserves its reputation. For sure. And uh, it, like, I would say it needs to be talked about more in, mon- in modern ages, but, like, it doesn't get talked about as much, except for without it within like you know cinephile circles yeah. or like in underground circles. It, it doesn't get that in the mainstream because I think it's just too much. Yeah, I think it's too much for someone to handle. Yeah, pretty much. And it's and it's tragic too because it's Pasolini's last film. Yeah, and it was supposed to be the first in a trilogy. Oh, great! Of death, like he did the trilogy of life, and this yeah. was going to be his trilogy of death. Yeah, and he never got to complete that, and that's that's sad, you know. It is sad because I would have been, I definitely would have been interested to see what he would have done after yeah. Solo. You know, there's always the rumor that he was killed because of Solo. Yeah, because it was just like, which you can, did did it happen because of Solo? Probably, probably not. not. But I, mean, I could it, I could fucking see it. I, I, to the consensus is that he was picking up a prostitute, and it, yeah. it was a deal that went wrong. Yeah, but the thing is, like, it's one of those things, like. Because of the subject matter in Solo, I'm sure someone wanted him dead. Probably. I mean, especially talking about fascism. Yeah. You know, in 1975, where it was probably still kind of a... I mean, I know it had been a long time, but it's probably still a sore spot, you yeah, know? Yeah, especially coming from Italy. It's like if, yeah. it's like if Germany did a fucking, like, Holocaust version of Solo. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yikes. Here's the thing I thought about, too, when I was watching. I was like, I could see Mario Dora redoing this. Oh my god! Like, could you imagine like a Mario and Dora? It's just gonna be real shit. I yeah. God, dude, <laughs> I don't want that. I mean, Pasolini walked walks of uh, Dora could run. Pasolini walked so so many of these filmmakers could run mm-hmm. and do to fucking depraved shit for movies that we love to talk about. Yeah, that's what we do. Yep, it's what we do and why we do it. It's why we do it, son. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think that's gonna be all for War as Hell. Yeah. We hopefully we did Solo justice. Hopefully that was worth uh, the wait. It took yeah. us a while to get to Solo, but we finally pulled the plug. Uh, not plug. Pulled the trigger on it. Pulled the plug. Pulled the plug. And uh, talked about that son of a bitch. Yeah. But there's still so many fucking heavy hitters. Just like stuff like Caligula. And we've not done a Ser- uh, Serbian film. Nope. Yeah. And again, I we we haven't come up with something necessarily but we've had the idea about doing something very interesting with that movie yeah. in particular which we might who knows hell it could just be throwing an episode who could knows? be just throwing an episode but i'm hungry as hell yeah you haven't ate i haven't ate since i got home and i'm yeah. really hungry so we're going to wrap this up yeah. <laughs> thank you all for listening thank you and thank you for the listener questions and keep sending them in it's awesome it makes us feel good uh, since next episode is a special episode, mm-hmm. you mind if I announce what the next episode will be? Sure, go right in. When we come back. When we come back from... In the, uh, in the new year, I'm pretty sure. Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. I would say. There's a possibility, but more likely. We're sticking with shit. Shit. Not real shit. Not real shit. We're doing a, a special episode. <laughs> yeah. We're doing the shittiest movies ever made. We've been tackling a lot of heavy topics. Yeah. So we decided to take a break. From yeah. the depressing and the depraved and the disgusting and just have fun. Just riff about some bad movies. Yeah, just talk about shitty, shitty, shitty movies. It's going to be Birdemic, 
Which I think is the third time I watched Birdemic. My fucking. <laughs> you gonna talk shit about me watching Solo a bunch? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're watching over there watching fucking Birdemic. I've watched it like three times. God for some damn, reason. if he's bad. Yeah, Birdemic, uh, Man of the Hands of Fate. True. Which again, I know uh, not the bloody taste is gonna be real upset about that, but because I don't know if you went read through it, I but. Did. <laughs> But uh, man, Manos is bad. Oh, I get it. I get I, where he's coming from. But man, Manos sucks. And the last movie is the Amazing Bulk. <laughs> I mean, it's not as bad as that. It's not as bad as that. No, but I don't think it's probably as bad as the other two. No, definitely not. At least it tried. It's true. <laughs> but yeah, so the next time you hear us, uh, we'll be on Christmas. Yep. And we'll be talking the most disgusting, filthy porn that could ever be talked about. Well, so far, so far. I mean, well, as the that most we know in- of the most infamous. Let's yeah. put it that way. So, yeah. On that note, I am John. And I am Matt. And you've been listening to the podcast dedicated to the dark side of film. Sick on cinema. 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 Oh, yeah, we eating the poo-poo. We eat the poo-poo. Yeah. Poo-poo. Shit Eaters Incorporated. <laughs>